I can't remember the name of the DLC at this point, but it's like Child of not Child of Light. That's something else. No, entirely. it's called like First. It's called First something. Yeah. First Light. First, first light. light. First okay. Light Laser Face. I okay. believe it's First Light colon Laser Face. They, there we go. They leave the colon off. Hey guys, we need to talk. What? Not again. What? Yep. I feel like I got like in trouble. I know. We're going to do this again, you guys. We're going to talk about E3 this time. Matt has the night off. And while Matt can never be replaced, I think we found somebody who, uh, you know, if you don't look too closely, you might just think it's Matt anyways. What? (laughs) Yeah. He and I are very similar in a lot of things. I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Nate Hales here from uh, Reset Transmission. Welcome, Nate. Yeah. It's been a, Thanks, it's been a long while. When's the last time you were on? Do you remember? You know, honestly, I don't remember. But it feels like, honestly, it feels like I was on this show last year to talk about E3. Really? It may, it may have been. I don't know. Because I believe there was a lot of brouhaha last year during the console announcement. Oh, sure. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. There was. We, we, and, we talked a lot about it. Yes. I'm fairly certain I came on last year and we talked about it because I was of a different mindset than many of you folks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, th- this time on uh, this special edition of the Rated NA podcast, uh, we need to talk. We're actually just going to go through and talk about um, all the big E3 announcements. So we're going to go through all the pressers, and we literally made a massive list of everything that was announced. Uh, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, uh, Ubisoft, and uh, of course EA. And we're going to talk about all the stuff that we liked and stuff we didn't like and just kind of have a, a big, long gush session for a while for you guys. Oh, wait, and real quick, as long as we're here. Nate's yeah. here. I'm Scott. That's Ash. Hey, thanks. Yeah. There we go. Now we're covered our uh, legalese for this particular podcast. Yeah, for real. Perfect. And we're ready so, to go. So uh, everything opened up with Microsoft, and Microsoft opened the show with Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. I want to hear your guys' opinion on this before I talk about my opinion on this. In my notes, I wrote COD 2014 colon as sure as the sun rises. <laughs> Is that an accurate description of this game? That's, that seems about right. Okay. I would say what, yes. Yeah. Okay, what, so, I got, what I got out of that trailer was that people close to you will die and your arm will fall off. <laughs> Yeah, there is definitely um, some bionic arm goodness going on in that. Um, I was actually, believe it or not, pleasantly surprised by that. I'm kind of glad they're moving away from modern warfare and going into the future. And I kind of feel like this is almost a response to Titanfall. I thought so, too. Yeah, I even saw some Titanfall colors yeah, on the vehicles. It felt very titanfall if you will. I can't tell the difference between any of those games, honestly. I just, I cannot discern it like if you would have told me that was titanfall i'd have been like okay (laughs) (laughs) well i think the thing that uh is interesting about this is uh it it does look like it's really taking the franchise in a a new direction which i really like because i feel like a lot of times when they do these historical or reality-based shooters they're kind of you're you're kind of handcuffed by what reality is. And now yeah. that they have this new, you know, you're basically bringing it into the future so you can use new technology and you can basically create things that don't exist and allow the player to play with things that don't exist. You know, for the past, how many years have we been doing modern warfare? It's like four or five at this point, maybe six. Yeah. So, I mean, there's only so many times you can, you know, fire those same weapons and, and use that same tech before it does feel very samey. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate 
that they're doing what you're talking about. They're trying to move forward. Like they're trying to be in the future. Yeah. But like my, my initial reaction to it when I saw it is they're like, it's advanced warfare. Right. And then you get into it and it, I don't know, it didn't seem that far advanced to me. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, th- this looks like regular guns. It <laughs> yeah. just, it has like some cool lights on it that show you how many bullets you have. But it's still <laughs> just like a carbine. Yeah, that's the, true. I think that um, in order to be advanced warfare, I think you would actually really need a bunch of unmanned robotic assets flying around with you. Yeah, for sure. You know, ground robots. Robots? No way. No way. Robots? Yeah, like for sure. Trust me. Trust me on this one. Advanced warfare would include robots, and I, yeah, I didn't right. see very many. I, I did yeah. like the I did like the little jump packs they had. I like the drop pod sequence. I thought that was really cool. I think we've seen like a thousand drop pods. We sequences. have. No. I swear have. to God, that opening schema- that opening cinematic is like. Welcome to random gun based game. Yeah. Where we're going to put you into scenario. No, There's one of those true. in Titanfall too, but it's much it's much later in the in the campaign. But it's yeah, no, they the have that too. Kind of stuff. I, I liked how they smashed with the building. I'm very easy to please, is what I'm basically <laughs> telling you guys. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, explosions, robot nah, suits. There's nothing wrong with collapsing. that. If- I mean, because it's like, to me, if COD is your thing, right yeah. on. Because it's like, yeah. I've got no room to talk to you. I'm obsessed with League. League is a yeah. five-year-old game that, like, does it literally never yeah. changes. Like, yeah, yeah. you get a couple of new characters, but it's the same shit over and over and over again. <laughs> well, so it's like, that's cool. We have about a million games to talk about. So do you guys think that they should have opened with this uh, Call of Duty? Or do you I, think that maybe they went in the wrong direction with I that? I think when you talk about sort of the audience like at large not the three of us but the audience at large that could be watching this on you know perhaps the particular channel they're watching it on yeah i think you have to talk about call of duty it's just kind of the reality of the situation it's always gonna be that way um but i did think it was interesting that microsoft going first chose to first of all microsoft and sony from a presentation standpoint almost flip-flop places this year in terms of the message and the content of the message but i thought it was interesting that when microsoft started they opened up their presentation almost like not on behalf of themselves, but on behalf of the gaming industry, which I kind of thought was sort of a mature move to go, Hey, welcome to this. This is E3. We are all gamers. Everybody here is working hard, you know, on yeah. developing games. I just thought that was a really I, I like that too. Yeah. You and I talked about that when we yeah. went to the Sony thing and um, it was a pretty positive way to open it. And it wasn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't take a swing at Sony or anything like that in the beginning. They just kind of opened it up in, in a very nice and, and cordial manner, which I thought was pretty cool. And well, I think that comes from yeah, I think that comes from the reality of their situation. Yeah, they're like, being humble, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they they came out. You know, they were the they were the big guns when they came out at E three last year, and they were like, "Look at all this crazy stuff that we have for the console announcement." They're like, "We're going to do all this crazy stuff," and it just really did not go their way yeah no you're absolutely right um so anyway i I thought the opener was pretty good let's i i don't know if anybody actually wants to talk about drive guitars but i feel compelled (laughs) i feel compelled to once again um bring up one of my my most hated words ever which is drive guitar um i still (laughs) after two years of drive guitars i have no idea what the fuck a drive guitar is that was the first time i'd ever heard the word drive guitar Uh, they mentioned it last year too i don't really i tend to just tune out when we start talking about racing games yeah yeah. i think it's supposed to be your or some some representation of an avatar like an ai character based on actual player data or some kind of aggregate player data okay so like basically the the premise is that with the power of the cloud we can create 
um, agents within this game that are more intelligent because they learn from the way that actual people play the game and they do things that actual people will do. I don't know, you know, to what extent that's true or not, but I think that's the approach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess for, for fans of Forza, it was probably a pretty, pretty awesome, you know, spectacle, but I, I just, I did the same thing they did and kind of looked away. (laughs) It always, I mean, the, the racing game genre to me is always, I don't play them. I used to play Gran Turismo back in like PS2 days, but like the racing game genre always fascinates me because it always feels like there's now there's three. There's essentially Forza, Gran Turismo, and now there's the newer one that's called like the crew or something or mm-hmm. the new one that's coming later. But essentially they're the same game and they do essentially the same things. But the yeah. the racing game genre is always the one that is really pushing graphically like what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> I mean, cause it's easy to, you know, model, you know, carbonate metals and other composite surfaces and then reflect light off of it and go like, look, this is next gen. Cause <laughs> yeah. you can reflect light off of carbon and aluminum and it looks really nice, you know, <laughs> it does look nice right. though. But yeah, I mean, it, even what they're doing with their environment creations and stuff like the, the like millimeter replication of tracks that they do and mm-hmm. like the yeah, sound design wild. and everything like, if you do like driving driving games, especially these simulation based driving games, which Forza and Gran Turismo are, they're sim they're simulation games, uh-huh. right? Uh, like it's super impressive how close and detailed they are. It is. They they do. I mean, they do a spectacular job, and it does sell systems to a you know a pretty defined oh, audience. Yeah. So there are people that absolutely love it, and they they buy their PS4s and their and their Xbox Ones just to play Forza. And I can tell you that driving games are very popular with European audiences. Yes. Oh, for sure. It's just yeah. like it's the whole F one thing, right? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. they really love Formula One. It's just it's soccer and Formula One are two things that we don't understand here in the yeah. United States, <laughs> but like are huge everywhere else. Yeah. I play, you know, I've played a couple of various different types of racing games in my time, and every time I go online, the majority of the audience is like European, and they take it super seriously, which I appreciate. But you can't compete with that, you know? Yeah. Unless you're willing to do that. So let's uh, move on. And talk about Evolve. Um, I have feelings about this game, so I want to hear your feelings first. I mean, I, I, yeah, go ahead, Nate. You first, because I, I, I think I have the same feelings as Scott. So Okay, so did you guys check this out at PAX? We did, yeah. We did. Okay, so like I saw it at PAX as well, and uh, I was impressed with it there, and I was more impressed with it here. Not so much at what they showed at the actual conference, but like they had some other Evolve stuff later in the day that I watched. And, um, I mean, I'm a huge Left 4 Dead fan, so, like, mm-hmm. just the idea of the genre itself appeals to me, but, like, it seems really cool. It seems a little small right now. Yeah. In that there's only the four character classes, and there's only going to be three of the big monster classes, but it seems really, it seems like a really good idea to me. Yeah, yeah I, no, I agree. I'm in the same camp. Like, I, I think it's going to be incredibly fun to play with your friends, but they're, the only thing I'm concerned about is is there something that's going to give it longevity? Is there something that's going to bring me back? Cause if like, you know, if I start to enjoy one particular character class, are there enough unlockables? Are there going to be extra skins? Are there going to be things that really make me want to keep playing basically the same, you know, death match over and over again. So what else is there is kind of what I'm curious about at this point. Yeah. And I think, I think so we kind of share the same opinion that I'm, I'm worried that there's not enough there in the game. And I feel like, I'm going to use Evolve as an example, but this is only just an example because a lot of other titles are guilty of this. But, um, you know, again, the character classes are nothing new. 
you know, three big, like, burly dudes with beards and body armor. And then you've got <laughs> a female who's, like, a medic and she uses a sniper rifle and she's skinny. And she's, like, she's totally not the medic. No, the female's no, the female's the trapper. No, there's two females now. They actually they have uh, eight different characters now, but oh, still because the one classes. that I played, like the one that I played at PAX, like they showed their character classes, and I was like, I could have guessed. You could have told me the name of the character class, and I could have drawn, sketched what I thought that would have looked like on paper, and been like, oh, you would have been right. You know, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that they're I'm glad that they're doing something you know along those lines. But I think you know at least with a lot of our followers, the overwhelming opinion is that there was like it's just like a bunch of dudes with like guns and swords this year you know it's, yeah, it's yeah. a little weird yeah, there's, yeah there's it is a lot that. of dudes it is a, definitely a very dude focused thing i don't know like were you guys left for dead fans i was absolutely yeah. yeah i did play a little bit yeah right and i had the same reservations about left for dead because like when left for dead came out it was four people like and there was no like it was four people and four maps and that's all it was and i was like there is not enough here yeah. to like really keep me going but like i was completely wrong left for dead was like ridiculously fun over and over and over again it wasn't i think i remember you saying on your show that that was the game that kind of got you interested in co-op totally. multiplayer right oh yeah. completely yeah it was the one that pushed me over the edge yeah I mean, that was that was so much fun i totally agree i you know i think evolve is going to be a ton of fun i think that they're smart enough to keep adding new content and, and new bells and whistles to bring people back um, I guess the big news about Evolve, obviously, it's multi-platform, but it is going to have a beta, and uh, it's going to have the DLC content is going to come to uh, the Xbox One before the PS4. So oh, right. they, bro- gonna, they brokered some sort of deal. At some point, we're going to need to have a global discussion about exclusives and first on certain consoles. Ugh, make yeah. me barf. You need like a fucking spreadsheet to figure it out. <laughs> like, well, and know. like honestly, I don't know how you guys feel, but like first on console doesn't really unless it's like significant. If it's like a whole year's worth of first, like okay, then maybe. But it, typically, this shit's like thirty days. Yeah, it's right. not too bad. And I just kind of feel like PC players are just sitting back and like twiddling their thumbs and just being like, oh, whatever, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. going on break. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, I'm exactly. going to get all this stuff. It doesn't really matter to me, you know? <laughs> totally. Oh, and right. ultimately, it doesn't matter who has it first. It's where are your friends playing? That's like, absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like let's if, jump if on over to. grabbed a Wii U, I would, we'd all be playing on Wii U. It doesn't matter. Totally. I, like, I don't Mario, care. Mario Kart is a perfect example, dude. There's been so much freak out about Mario Kart lately. That I'm just like I should probably get a Wii U, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, everybody's way. playing Mario Kart, yeah, and it looks excited, yeah. really fun. It does look fun. It um, even actually made me the ultimate Nintendo skeptic, kind of like think, well, maybe I will. Exactly, you're like, it's not that expensive. I yeah. mean, it's summertime. I got some time <laughs> on my hands. Making a compelling case for themselves, that's for sure. Yep. So we got to see um, a little bit of Dragon Age Inquisition, both from the Microsoft presentation as well as from EA's presentation. We did. Um, pretty exciting stuff. They revealed uh, they had a new, I guess, cinematic trailer that showed off uh, a little bit more of the characters and a little bit more of the world. Mm-hmm. And you got to hear the um, the male Inquisitor voice for the first time. And then they showed a character-based clip that kind of showed off the Iron Bull. And um, who else did they show off? Vivian? They had, what's the Sarah? Sarah, yeah. And they also had the female Inquisitor uh, in that gameplay. So it was cool. I think that it was, you know, well put together. I think it was super hyped and everyone seems to be very positive about this one, you know. So I I was excited to see that. And it looks like they too are getting the early DLC first on the Xbox One, so. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, they they blabbed it in one of their things that the DLC is coming there first. 
I'll probably be going PC on that game anyway. Yeah, I wish I had a good PC. But I mean, honestly, ah. with the Bioware games, like, you know, I hate to say this, but I try to avoid as much of the, you know, media stuff as possible because I'm going to get it. You know, like yeah. I don't need to yeah. see. I don't need to see anything about this. No offense to Hillary. I'm sorry. You do a lot of good work, <laughs> but I don't. I don't need to see like any anything you could just write mass effect uh, with magic marker yep. on a box and hand it to me i'll be like i'm buying it here's a hundred dollars you can just take my money you know yeah, yeah. give me all the dlc i'm a, I'm a thousand percent with you yeah i'm there too doesn't matter i watched you know i watched like shaky cam footage of like the gameplay that they did from uh from what was that pax prime like a uh-huh. year ago yeah it's yeah. like i'm sold that's all i needed to see like looks like dragon age looks pretty cool i'm gonna buy it yeah, and honestly, I get more nervous about Dragon Age the more I see because the more and more I see of it, the more it reminds me of Skyrim, and Skyrim was not a game that I liked. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, like, I will be nervous about the Legend of Zelda, my friend. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already nervous about the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> hey, but there doesn't appear to, to be any flying, so I think you're in the clear yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there was no mention of motion controls. So yeah, like, you don't woo! have to flap your game gamepad to like paddle a boat or something man fuck that game forever (laughs) (laughs) i really like that game that's why i like to give you a hard time about it oh man well let's talk about platform uh, exclusive exclusive. yeah yeah sunset overdrive from insomniac yeah um i'm excited because i was a jet grind radio fan back in the days of the dreamcast and this seems to have a lot of the uh same mechanics of jet grind jet grind radio if anyone actually remembers that game you played it's like an inline skater and it was a you know sort of agility based and and super fun, had a weird like spray paint dynamic and stuff like that. But um, Sunset Overdrive, I'm actually r- getting more and more excited excited about it. Um, I think the thing about this at the presser that I thought was really cool is that they revealed that you actually get to create your own avatar. So the avatar they've been showing uh, with advertising and stuff isn't the main character of the game. That's just like their kind of marketing yeah, character. Like your, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like your helper. Yeah, yeah. So you actually get to make yourself or whatever kind of avatar you want to make, and then you can go online with your friends and, and you know f- skate around or I guess parkour around the city and just cause chaos, which looks like a lot of fun. What do so. you think yeah. about the way that the trailer opens up by like kind of riffing yeah. on uh, you know traditional cover based shooters? Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, I think the snarky attitude that Insomniac has because like my initial reaction to this game was it is an adult version of Ratchet and Clank. Like, it kind of uh, looks like that, doesn't it? Yeah. It's 100% that way. Like, the crazy guns, and you can just, like, go everywhere, and it's a platform game, and it's just, like, it's just craziness. Like, it's definitely in the Ratchet and Clank vein of things. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was into it. No, I, th- uh, I agree. I think the weapons look cool. I think you're going to be able to have, like, character abilities and stuff, and they say there's, like, over... I think 30 or 40 character abilities you can unlock that let you do different let you do different things in the environment which I think looks awesome. So it looks yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. It's funny that they would make fun of, you know, cover-based third-person shooters considering Fuse, which is a better game than you might think if you have friends to play it with. That was actually <laughs> fun, yeah. And, uh, the other the only other thing, the other the other note I made about the trailer that they showed, the gameplay that they show is that I did not see an aiming reticule on screen. So I don't know if they just uh-huh. removed that for the purposes of showing the video. Or if there's some kind of like snap shooting mechanic, or you're just kind of blind fire at everything. Yeah, got I'm trying a to somewhere. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what Ratchet and Clank is like. I think there's a reticle that you can turn off in that game, so uh, okay, it might be that kind of deal. Yeah, Oops. I just thought that was you know it's strange when you like you don't notice that stuff right away, but it's like hey, when I'm actually playing the game, I like to aim at things, so I didn't know if it was snapping <laughs> or what, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about something that I know is near and dear to Scott's <laughs> heart, and that is dancing. Because Scott is a dancing machine. 
Um, what's up with this new Dan Central? Man, let me tell you. First of all, they 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 talked about um, they kind of tricked everybody because they walked out and they were like Fantasia music evolved and you're like yes we know that game is coming and it looks very interesting and we're excited for it and they're like oh and by the way new Dan Central game it's called Dan Central Spotlight it's going to be a downloadable title and just from kind of like what you can if you kind of read between the lines in my opinion what it sounds like they're going to do is they're going to release a base game in a digital form and it's going to come with like 10 songs right and then the idea being is that all the other songs you'll buy so this probably won't be a 60 dollars game and you can buy the songs everything else a la carte but by going to this digital format and the way that they're kind of structuring the game i think they plan to release games sort of more on the regular because it took a really long time to get new songs into the old Dan Central games, yeah, which is yeah. like, you know, with with current pop music, it's very like it's time based, right? So you yeah, kind of yeah. need to. As soon as a song hits the radio, people want to dance to the song. So you or have people right. want to like pull their eyes out when they hear Gangnam Style again, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, like even with that song, it took a non-zero amount of time to get that song into the game. So now I think that you can work more closely with record labels to go like, okay, this song's coming to radio. We can get your song into this game as well around the same time, which I think is really exciting for them. Um, cool. Yeah. I text Jessa right away. I was like, what's up? This game is awesome. And she's like, yeah, I know. I've been like, she basically, she posted a blog on the uh, dance central or on the harmonics site. And she's like, I've been sitting on this for so long it's been so awful because everyone's been giving me shit that there's not another dance central game. So like, <laughs> and she's known all along. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, gotta be rough. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. kudos, kudos to them and that team. Like it's going to be really exciting. And I think going to like sort of a digital format is sort of a logical step given the technology and sort of where we're at with, with the idea of digital games and having better access to downloads and stuff like that. So I'm really excited. So convenient. So convenient. So it's all still like connect and stuff. I swear I must've passed out for like, 20 seconds during this part because i honestly i don't even remember this they barely part. said anything to be honest like yeah, yeah we can i mean this is another global point that i would like to get back to later is sort of the like lack of technology use outside of like graphical capabilities oh yeah that's yeah my like when we get to the end and we sum up this whole thing that is like my thing yeah is like it's, it's jesus from like five years ago it's a total turnaround yeah, yeah. it's weird it's very weird well, I I've never um, really played any of the Fable games. I don't know how you guys feel about them. They always kind of felt like um, sort of a a Disney uh, interpretation of an RPG. So I kind of always avoided them a little bit. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's the case. What's but that, that was my uh, Fables. Oh, Fable. Oh, Fable, yeah. Fable's really good. Like, is it really? Yeah, I mean it it looks that way, but it's you know only you know it's it might look like sort of a Zelda or a Disney game, but it's yeah. it's a bit darker than that, and you can choose yeah. to be good and evil and there are some like you know there's a relationship simulator built into the game so you can yeah. you can sleep around you can marry one woman you could go cheat on her like you can yeah. change your gender i think in one of the games like you do all kinds of crazy stuff in the game you could so so how do you feel about this uh, fable legends exclusive to uh the xbox one as far as i understand and it's uh co-op well i mean it doesn't look like a traditional you know rpg it kind of looks like on yeah, one I side couldn't... it's tower defense on the other side it's just kind of like battle arenas i guess you know yeah and it's it's got the evolve thing going for it where right. it's like it's a right. team of four versus one other person i couldn't tell if there was like is that all there is there's no like single player story type thing yeah involved. that seems to be the disappointing thing is that it looks like it's going to be just sort of like quick battles online play um you know there was no like 
no really great description of what, you know, if there was going to be a story or campaign or single player narrative or anything like that. They just kind of showed like tower defense on one side, um, you know, doing something like orcs must die on the other side, trying to get Uh through the mazes and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. I'm nervous. Like I would like to see a fable game. I don't necessarily need something like this Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of this already. It looked fun. It looked really fun. But again, like you said, I think it might suffer from, you know, what we, we expect evolve might suffer from meaning that is there enough to do? Although they, they did mention the fact that one person is going to basically be able to be the dungeon master, and um, I'm going to quote them here because I thought the quote was hilarious because oh, yeah. they got incredibly serious and said, uh, one player is going to get to control the world from above like a malevolent god. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of hyperbole, right? Wow. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. So one person is going to get to, I guess, build the game world that the other players run around in and, and fuck with them, which is kind of cool. Maybe maybe this will leverage Xbox Smart Glass. That would be that would be cool. I could see that being used very I did, well. I heard somebody mention that like almost immediately in a post game in a post uh, like conference wrap up. They mm-hmm. talked about that and they said it like there is never like it is absolutely tailor made for that. Yeah, it would be mm-hmm. too slow to have to queue up all of the tower defense things on the screen with a controller. It wouldn't work. Yeah, for all. sure, for yeah. sure. So cool. even mouse support would help. Yeah, for real. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it'll be like a cross-platform thing on uh, like Windows 8 and Xbox uh-huh. One. That'd yeah. be cool. Again, use of technology. Would yeah. be cool. You guys want to say anything about Project Spark? I'm not really... Uh, Conquer, dude. Conquer. Oh, uh, yeah. Conquer <laughs> yeah. came out. If somebody could just remake all wife, of Conquer's Conquer, Bad right? Fur Day inside of Project Spark. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure uh, people are like hot on this right now. Yeah, yeah for real. I, I, uh, I, I didn't really... I was I've never really been that excited about Project Spark because I just uh not that I'm not a creative person, but I just feel like it would take a really long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I a lot of work with minimal reward. <laughs> like Yeah. There was again, somebody else in a wrap up uh, like said it perfectly to me is that like I'm I'm all for creating and being creative and blah blah blah, but the thing is is I don't have time for that shit. When I sit down right. to play a game, I want to play something that somebody else made for me to experience. Yeah. Not I don't want to make something else. Yeah, yeah, and, no, and just from a functional standpoint, I can tell you guys that when this game first came out in beta form, it was one of those games where your uh, experience in the game was limited by time, and in order to get more time in the game on one day, you had to pay money. So the whole uh, game like originally was bogged down in microtransactions, oh and the community kind of pushed back, and they sort of restructured how the payment system within the game works. But that's kind of the, that's kind of the angle there, is that it's a free-to-download game, and uh, after that, you kind of pay for the things that you want, like the assets and stuff like that. Yeah, I think yeah. is how it works. So, yeah, yeah, yep. So I'm kind of just taking a wait and see approach with that. So let's. I mean, talk if there's about... cool stuff, there's cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, if there's something to play, like if somebody makes an amazing game within Project Spark, I'll download Project Spark and I'll download that game. But otherwise, I'm with you. I just want to play a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how about playing four games on one disc? <laughs> I was kind of shocked that it's only going to be 60 bucks. So we're talking about Halo, the Master Chief Collection, which is um, remastering of the first four Halo games. I think it's all only for the, the first Xbox. two. No, it's all of them. No, but I mean they're no, the remaster. Oh, yeah. the remaster is only th- the first two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think they're only doing, you know, anniversary. Um, yeah. Read the fine print, yeah. Because gotcha. three, and, three and four are both HD already. Uh, okay. And so well, they're either just way. They're upping one and two you're, you're getting four games for the price of one granted they're older games but four games for the price of one and they said over a hundred multiplayer maps too which is kind of 
Yeah, all crazy. the content, all the DLC content ever released for any. Yeah, so I mean, I if you are a Halo diehard, yeah, yeah, and this is like this is the holy grail. Um, the crowd went absolutely ballistic for this. I was not expecting people to get. Uh, oh, really? I was ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I know people are Halo fans, but I mean, it's just kind of I because personally, when people announce like re- the redoing of titles, like you know, remastered or director's cuts of titles, I kind of. I, I audibly sigh all the time. Like, really? Just fucking make something new. Because, yeah. I mean, I've already probably played it, so I don't want to necessarily play it again. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get all that excited, even though I played through all the Halo games. But I, I, I get why people, you know, why people love it so much. They also announced with this that there would be access to a Halo Nightfall TV series that led up to the what's going to happen in Halo 5 <laughs> Guardians. And this Master Chief collection would include access to the Halo 5 Guardians beta. Yeah, which is a lot of stuff. And that was it the only mention of, of television. So, <laughs> yeah, nice work. Yeah, yeah we right. can come back to that as well. We can talk about uh, yeah. TV later. We can. Yeah. That'll be a theme I'll add here. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I would say I I was expecting the Halo collection. Like, obviously, Halo is like tailor made for a collection, right? Mm. Especially now that they're on the HD or whatever. But like, I don't know. Halo's never been my thing. Like, I've only really played Halo uh, Reach. Like that's the only one yeah. that I really spent any time with, mm-hmm, and that's because I was I was just I never I never owned an Xbox like an original Xbox, so mm-hmm. Halo One and Two completely missed me. Okay, and I was just never been an FPS guy. Reach so. was the one that had a really great multiplayer component, right? Yeah, yep. it was all yep. multiplayer. Yeah, that was fantastic. That was a great game. Yeah, mm-hmm. a really good game. A couple so. of things that we missed because they basically divided up this presentation to like things that were going to happen this year and things that were going to happen next year. They announced Killer Instinct Season Two. Which is cool, I guess, if you're following that. I haven't mm-hmm. played it since I downloaded it on day one. Um, there's a Dead Rising um, arcade kind of like <laughs> DLC ridiculous. that looks insane. Looks like Lollipop. out now. Yeah, it's out now. It looks like Lollipop Chainsaw inside of Dead Rising, which is cool. Yeah. And then um, what was the other thing? I think that was it as far as what's coming out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So moving on to next year. Maybe like we'll add this to our end of show list is that it seems like Microsoft and Sony are going to divide and conquer the indie PC gaming market by just trying to scoop up as many of these titles as possible and like keep them on their side. You know? Yeah, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Honestly. I, I was joking with Scott earlier. I was like, I think they just walked around the indie mega booth with like a checkbook and they're like, do you want to? Yeah. <laughs> do well, you I don't want know. To? <laughs> I don't know if you guys like – I remember we we asked a lot of the indie devs had they been talking to Sony and Microsoft, and that is exactly what you're talking about is exactly kind of what happened. Wow. It's unbelievable. Sony and Microsoft just walked around the booth and was like, can you take a meeting with us today? Can you take a meeting with us today? Wow. And it was that, that. I mean, essentially what they're doing is they're creating their own indie studios. They're just like, they're making access to their platforms easier. They're helping you with the publishing, and then they're giving you this stage like E3 that none of these guys could ever get to. Yeah, I mean, I saw a fucking Broforce up there on the, the big screen, and I know yeah. that's a tiny little team from the middle of nowhere, and I can't imagine yeah. like how stoked they must have been to see their oh, game yeah. up there. Yeah, totally. I mean, when we talked to the guys from uh, Ragtag <clears throat> Studios about uh, Raise the Dead or whatever, and they were all with Sony last year, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. like... Yeah, seriously, that's like three guys in an apartment. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And I mean, like, this is really, this is super awesome for indie developers, but I'm just going to say that you do not spend $400 on a console to play threes on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I love threes. I can play it on my phone. I'm really excited to play it on my phone when I'm, yeah. 
you know, when I'm uh, not sitting at my television, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So, mean. yeah. And I think there is, I think Sony and Microsoft have uniquely different approaches to their indie game market because like, to me, Microsoft is doing stuff like threes and they're looking at like mighty number nine, which great. It's like, um, it's like a mega man kind of thing, but it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's essentially, it's something that you could have done on a gaming platform like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. But you look at what Sony and we'll talk about them later. Sony's got stuff like the freaking no man's sky or whatever oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Like shit like that, like crazy indie stuff. That's huge in scale. Not like threes. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think both have, both have, you know, like we love threes. I don't know. I was, we're using this as like a, like a negative example, but I think both companies have those types of games with, which are then punctuated by what I like to call whimsical platformers. Oh yeah. Which is like, why I don't understand why. I mean, this is like a theme, like in the indie space where it's like, yes. if you're making an indie game, it needs to be like a whimsical platformer with like amazing music and like meticulously yeah. handcrafted art styles and stuff like that. And it's like, or it's like crazy pixelated, like Spelunky. It's like, yeah. let's be super grindy and hard, like Spelunky a bazillion times. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm sure you can, we always bring this up, but it's very much like the music scene and sort of like the, you know, the ebb and flow of what's happening in music and like bands doing things like other bands are doing and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, um, let's use grunge as an example, just because I know that all of us were old enough to remember this, but all of a sudden, like it became very popular in Seattle. Then every major label swooped into Seattle and picked up all these fucking bands right. and released all these albums on like, you know on Sony and, and you know, all these huge labels. And then as soon as the genre became unpopular again, they just all, just, you know, abandoned them. So I'm hoping that doesn't right. happen with, with indie stuff, you know, I hope it's not like a, a fad. Well, I think it's just, it comes down to the way it's because it's small teams with low budgets, right? It's like yeah. Yeah. doing an artistic, like an artistic 2d platformer, which is what the whimsical platformer is. Yeah. You can, you can do that cheaply. Mm-hmm. right and still set yourself apart because you have a unique look for the most part like a lot of these guys starting to like the the i'm gonna do retro pixel thing is like starting to get a little bit old mm-hmm. but you know there's a lot of uh i always think of like uh, dust and a lesion tail like stuff like that it's like that's a 2d platformer but it like looks amazing mm-hmm. yeah I, it's uh, uh it was the games with gold game last month and i played through the whole thing i thought it was amazing dude and the story on like, your recommendation this- actually you talked about it when it first came out and when I saw that, I was like, I'm going to play this whole game because yeah. you said it was great. Yeah, it was really good. And the story caught me off guard in that game. Like when it got to the end, I was like, what? Yeah. And they ramp up that difficulty at the end, too. That was really impressive. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, cool. indie games. So let's yeah. talk about um, the Tomb Raider Rises. What is it called? I don't, is no. it called Rise of Lara Croft or something no. like that? I don't yeah. think it's called. I, think it, I believe or something like that is the official Or something title. like that, yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's a new Tomb Raider coming out. Um, we obviously didn't take the correct notes, or I didn't take the correct notes on it when I was sitting down watching it. But uh, I absolutely loved, loved, loved the, the latest uh, Tomb Raider game. And uh, when this was probably the one that got me the most excited when I first saw the trailer. Um when she took her hood off and I was like, oh, they're making next-gen Tomb Raider, I was really, really excited. Just because that game, uh, the last Tomb Raider, kind of came out of the blue for me. I wasn't expecting to like it. or it's great. I wasn't expecting for it to be any good at all. And uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, the voice acting was great. The, the gameplay was great. Everything was just gorgeous. And Everybody um, loves a good origin story, you know? Yeah. This is going to be your – like the second game is going to be the Empire of the series. So it's it's going to be – phenomenal i'm sure 
yeah. So I was pretty pretty happy to see that they're working on that, and that's coming out soon. I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna find the name of this while you're talking because uh, I the actual wrote it down somewhere. Um, let's jump on over to Witcher then. And uh, Witcher got pushed. I think it's going to be. Um, I want to say February of. No, they 20- they did. You know, they did the summer. Whatchamacallit? call it? Remember we talked about it last time. Oh, did we? I don't like, even remember. Yeah, GOG did the year, um, and CD Projekt Red did that like summer conference, like a half an hour yeah. summer conference. That okay. confirmed date is like the 24th or something like that. Uh, of, of 2015. Yeah, right? of 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks great. It's a vast open world. They showed some new gameplay stuff. They showed, I want to say, is this where they showed the Gripen Hunt? Him yeah. going on the Gripen Hunt? Yeah, so they kind of showed... Um, uh, kind of like a dynamically generated mission that appeared during he was hunting in Griffin and then all of a sudden he came across a, a look like a woman who was getting assaulted inside of a, a camp and he rescued her and she kind of gave him a little winky wink and then he ran off to fight the Griffin. Right, yeah, <laughs> that was the you can have sex with me, Link. Yeah, like, I was like, hey. oh boy, back is he to gonna the collect old... that trading card later? Is that what you're saying? I uh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the trading cards. Yeah, that would never fly these days, by the way. Nope. That would never happen again. <laughs> the like collect the ladies trading cards yeah, would never yeah. be a thing ever again. Oh, yeah, they just take like... such a bizarre approach to make. It's almost like they're making a throwback RPG, you know? Yeah, like yeah. in the style of like Betrayal at Crondor or some shit like that. Oh you know? man, God! Yeah. All I remember is that game being really hard. I had to. I drew the maps, the dungeon maps by hand. Like, God, I do oh, remember Lord. that game. That's I how remember how to play that game. Remember that game had a really hard time running on my PC. It had like 25, <laughs> 25, five and a quarters or something like that. Yeah, it was huge. It had it a sweet a... like grid-based battle system. You could throw fireballs and shit. That was a great game. Man, no one listening remembers that. Anyway. Yeah, somebody will. <laughs> Someone's going to write us and go like, yes. I remember Crondor. It'll probably be like Patrick Weeks. He probably remembers Betrayal of Crondor. Yeah, see? There you go. Um, but anyway, Witcher 3 looks great. I'm really excited for that. And by then, we'll probably be done with Dragon Age Inquisition, maybe-ish. And so we might be ready to move on to a uh, to uh, a new RPG. Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a nice setup for everybody to be like, Witcher 3, it'll be just like Dragon Age 2 was when Witcher 2 came out. And they're like, Witcher 2 is what Dragon Age 2 should have been. Uh-huh. And it'll be, Witcher 3 will be what Dragon Age Inquisition should have yeah. been. You can play both, everybody. You can play both. Yeah, the oh, game internet. is called Lara Croft in the Temple of Osiris. No, that's that's the four player co op. Yeah, oh, that's well, the, then I don't know what the hell it's called. It's it's definitely <laughs> called the Rise of Lara Croft. Okay. Is it or yeah. something? It's like not that. the it's not the Tomb Raider Rises. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe so. The Tomb it's not Raider. The, it's not the resurgencies or let's, yeah. they should have made up their own word. Tomb Raider Rises. <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider Advanced Warfare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Phantom Dust kind of got a teaser. Did any of you guys ever play the old Phantom Dust? No. no what dude. is it? I, I did. I still actually have it. Um, it was an old PS2 title, and it was um, it was like a was it PS2? I thought it was like it was an Xbox game though. Like it might have been. Xbox. It might have been original Xbox. I, I know it was like around that era that I had both of those systems. So I, my my brain told it me. definitely was Xbox. Because oh, was of it? The way, okay. Yeah, because that's the way they hyped it. Like I, this this whole part of the show is really weird for me because. Like, when he came out and he was talking about Phantom Dust, he was, like, alluding to it. And he's like, this is a game that everyone remembers, classic from the Xbox era, and it's time for it to come out. And I was like, what game is this? And he's like, Phantom Dust. I was like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> no, but Phantom Dust was uh, was really cool. I didn't play it for very long, but it was a um, it was a title that, like, lets you use different, like, magical and, like, kind of psychic abilities to beat the shit out of each other. And he's, like, um, kind of... 
giant arena type thing. So it would be like a yeah. blown up city and you'd get to fly around the city and use all sorts of different powers and fight against other super powered people. Was there so not was, a I guess, game on PS2 that was exactly that where you could like you like all these psychic people flew around inside of this cube and can throw like psychic beams at each other? I think you might be thinking of psychic force. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. definitely are. Yeah, but um, I, I, if I remember correctly, Phantom Dust was kind of similar to that, and it was uh, it was super cool. I mean, I, I remember really enjoying it, and like you know, you know, all sorts of different powers, and you could just kind of cruise around. And there was like a little bit of a, an RPG aspect to it as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I loved it, and I'm really interested to see what they do with it now. Yeah. You know, it'll probably end up being like a MOBA. Yeah, I think one of its original <laughs> I think one of its original claims to fame was it was one of the it was back we all take online play like super for granted nowadays uh-huh. but like back in the 360 even when the 360 first came out there wasn't a lot of no, online true. play and Phantom Dust was one of the first that was like really multiplayer based like there was nothing really single player about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's sort of where it came from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I remember really I, – I think I did get online with it. Like this and I want to say maybe like the old Mech Warrior game were like some of the first games that I played. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, like uh, actually online. I remember kind of being floored that it was actually you know happening. So, yeah. But anyway, I'm excited. It, it's interesting they chose to bring it back, but still pretty exciting. So how about a new IP called Scalebound? Yeah, they didn't really show off too much. At least I didn't really – walk away from their showing of Scalebound um, and really get really anything out of it. Um, right. I'm excited because it is a Platinum game. Right. And I love most of Platinum's games. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, where was the where was the timer and the score ranking at the end of that? Oh, trailer? I know, right. Yeah. Yeah. As what was the one that like we, we both Anarchy did? Reigns, dude. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Anarchy <laughs> Reigns is the worst game ever. Uh, I tried so hard to like that game. I really. Oh, did. it was awful. That game was so bad. The music. <laughs> oh, the music, Jesus. Oh uh, yeah, I think that was the big, the big reveal on this Scalebound game was not so much that it existed; it's that Platinum is making it because yeah, that yeah. was like, uh, like, look, we've got a crazy Platinum game coming. Yeah, and it's interesting because Platinum still has you know some exclusive stuff going on with Nintendo. They're still coming out with the the new Bayonetta exclusively for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're um you know they're interesting. What they're you know this looks to be an exclusive to the Xbox One at least for a while. So they're kind of you know just selling whatever they can. I guess yeah, see. <laughs> looks interesting. Like he's yeah. got a dragon. He can put scales on. I, I I didn't even get that. Everything happened so fast. And like at one point, like there was a drag. He had a dragon. He was fighting a beast, and then he like flew into the air, and like he was covered in some kind of like scale armor or something like this. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be a platinum game. So you know exactly what it's going to be like. It's going to be really you know, fast. Yeah, really over slow. the top combat, like score attack, time based, S ranks, like all that shit. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, Lots of crazy like cinematic fighting. It's going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern bosses, all fun. that stuff. How about Crackdown? You got, have you guys played Crackdown? I haven't played any of these, but apparently I did. Good. I played. I played them. Um, I I liked Crackdown one a lot. Crackdown two is pretty bad. What is it? What is Crackdown? Like, what kind of it's, game is it? It's another open world where you play a super cop, and okay, um, okay. 
you play a super cop and you have to go on missions and save people and, and do super cop stuff. But there's vehicles and abilities. And I think the thing that the thing that made Crackdown so much fun is that you could play online with friends. And so you played as like a group of super cops and you could like uh, kind of platform around the city using super jumps and fight monsters and fight criminals. And yeah. it was a, it was a cool, you know, open world kind of experience. I think, um, I think uh, some games have done, you know, super powered open world better at this point, you know? Saints Row. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Saints, Saints Row. Row definitely. Yeah, Saints Row. Saints Row four was like, that was the big comparison for people was that it reminded them of crackdown yeah. because that's how crackdown was. Crackdown was light oh. on story, kind of fun. Uh, just sort of like sort of weird and niche. And they also like crackdown was we, again, another thing that we take for granted a lot is these like, it's like a 3d platformer when the first crackdown came out 3d platforming hadn't really been perfected and they sort of nailed it and they also figured out this whole orb collecting was the big thing oh, yeah i remember that you'd have to and it was about collecting orb yeah. yeah you collected orbs to like Ugh. get powers and all this stuff it's like the and, worst thing in the history of ever is collecting <laughs> games. yeah yeah exactly yeah. so crackdown is who you can thank for that well uh, scott's like a recovering addict though he's like finally i kicked the collecting habit yeah from the nintendo days for sure yeah, yeah. absolutely but um i don't think anything that we saw the microsoft concert uh concert microsoft presser with crackdown was actual game footage i think that was all pre-rendered stuff yeah. um or if it was if it was in engine they didn't really let us know that it was in engine but it still it looked great and you know, it looks like the original creators of the first Crackdown are working on this one as well. So hopefully we get a nice new Crackdown. Yep. So that's Microsoft. They're cruising along. There's games yep. coming. So yeah, they I'd say, just kept their head down and kept working this time. You yeah. know, I mean, I'd say overall the Microsoft, the Microsoft press conference to me was like, uh, it's, it, I thought it was good. Like I thought it was way better than what they had last year. Very mm-hmm. game focused, exactly what they needed. My problem with Microsoft always is that honestly, these games don't appeal to me. Like none of them do. Mm-hmm. It, sure. It's even, I mean like dragon age and stuff like that. The only games that appeal to me on this list are games that I can play on things that aren't the Xbox. Oh, so, sure. Oh, okay. And that, that's, that's my, that was my takeaway from it. It's like, good job, Microsoft. I'm still not getting an Xbox one. Cause there's like no, there's nothing on here that I need. Yeah. That's only there. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is the exclusives that I did mention were not, you know, I don't care about 30 day DLC from Call of Duty. Forza is like whatever. Yeah. yeah. And Sunset Overdrive, I don't, it's not my style of game. Not your thing. But honestly, what we're going to learn over the course of this is like nobody announced League of Legends for console. So like <laughs> no one, no one won. There's no winners. <laughs> in either. You all fail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's talk about EA. And I know, again, something that's very near and dear to Scott's heart is the Star Wars universe, and they kind of opened with a super early teaser for Star Wars Battlefront, mm-hmm. which is being developed by, um, which is being developed by Dice. <clears throat> so, what did you think of what you saw? Well, that I mean, Dice is clearly the company that should be making Star Wars Battlefront if it's going to be going somewhere else other than LucasArts, you know. So that is great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. Like that's where it should be. So yeah. they just need to do their job. You know, they need to take their pedig- pedigree and then also be faithful to the Star Wars universe. Because, yeah. you know, the thing that made the thing that makes Battlefront a difficult game to make is that you have characters in the game that are super powered. So how do you allow those characters into the game and what do you allow them to do? Well, in the previous Battlefront, I think that you the teams would play for a certain amount of time 
And then after a certain amount of time, I think a player would get picked at random to then like respawn as like Mace Windu or Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And then they could run around the battlefield and like cut everyone down for, you know, a short period of time. And they, you know, respawn back as their whatever rebel trooper or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that if they can improve upon the original formula for this game, while then infusing all of the stuff that they've learned from, you know, from doing the battlefield games, um, this has a lot of promise to be a really great game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, some stuff I learned that they didn't really mention too much in in the press conference. Um, they're definitely they're using the original trilogy timeline, so it's going to be set in you know episodes uh, four, five, and six, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. And they're really they're going through all the source material and and being very meticulous with it. And they said that you're not even going to really see anything about this game. I mean, it's not coming out. They're not even saying next year. They're saying, like, you'll hear more about it in 2015. They're, like, they're not yeah. even close to giving us a release date or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I, which I think, I think is great. there was even a Battlefront game where you could jump, like, into an X-Wing, fly up into space, land on a Star Destroyer, and then go assault the Star Destroyer, you know? Crazy, yeah. So stuff I, like, if they can incorporate the dogfighting, you know, something like the you know, the Titan mode from 2142 for the Death Stars, like in the Star Destroyers, like all that stuff is on the table. It could be really great. Yeah. I mean, I just look at the scale of some of the the maps and things that they're able to do with Battlefield 4. Um, and I can't imagine like what, let's say this comes out in 2016 um, after the new Star Wars episode comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, how much polish and how great this is going to look and, and feel, you know, at that late of the date. So I, I'm really, I'm really excited about this, perhaps a little bit too excited yeah. this early, but cautiously yeah. optimistic. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Feel, I feel like that's, that was the whole point of even leading with it was that I think what they were coming out and saying was that like, you know who we are, we're dice, you know what we can do. And we're, we're just, we're just proving to you that we care enough about this game to do a ton of research and we're going to show you what our research process is. Because that's uh-huh. what most of it was. Where like They went and looked at all the old models from the, the movies. And they talked with a bunch of people. And they've spent a lot of time really getting to understand the world of uh-huh. Star Wars. Yeah. So I think it looks great. I'm pretty excited. And um, hopefully you know, things actually work out in our favor. We'll probably be talking about it again next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would, no, I would no. guess. Yeah, probably. You know what else we're going to be talking about next year? what the, the new mass effect game <laughs> yeah. ah yes very little revealed i think it was oh like concept God. art like, hey we're making it Not yeah even, it wasn't yeah. even concept art it was like really crude line drawings on a computer <laughs> screen yeah we're making they, it stop bugging us about yeah, it yeah they're like yeah we just <laughs> yeah. want you to know that it is actually getting made and here's yeah. casey hudson's really dark office yeah. And here's a couple poor poor uh, programmers sitting in the dark. <laughs> it was honestly like EA was just like they're not going to let us out of this room alive if we don't say Mass Effect 4. So we have to say it. Yes. Yes. And so they did and then they moved on. <laughs> yeah, they showed like a drawing of a Krogan and they're like, "Yeah, we we can't show you anything at this point." You know, like after 3, I'm almost equally excited for what multiplayer is going to be as for whatever the narrative of the game is going to be from a single player standpoint yeah man i loved that mass effect uh multiplayer so much i miss and it i do miss it i do miss it too i'm kind of i kind of want to play it again uh, yeah. if, if nate's stuff didn't get um hijacked yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> if, I, if i still had it then yeah. I, I would be down Bummer. so 
Um, there were sports titles. We're not yes. big sports people, but we're not. You know, those are uh, games that you can play. Like there are were sports games. I've been like an every other year Madden player, except for this year. So who knows? Maybe next gen Madden will be appealing to me. So wow, that's that's way more than I play. Yeah, I mean, like okay, I'm like a casual, a very casual fan, but I I do yeah. enjoy it from time to time. I did so, think I thought it was unique that they announced the golf game and it's not Tiger Woods. Like it's PGA Tour 2015. Oh yeah, so. they're done with Tiger, and apparently you're going to be able to golf on battlefield maps or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be built on the Frostbite engine. It's like, it is Frostbite. That's fine. If every EA game from now until the end of time is built on Frostbite, like, I'm sure that's perfectly fine. Like, if they want to have the, the, you know, the glass break in in the hockey rink based on the Frostbite engine, like, that's, (laughs) that's awesome. Good for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, Um, Nate, do you want to tell us about Dawngate? Yeah, do you know? Oh, man. So, I know a little bit about Dawngate. So, Dawngate is, uh, it's EA's MOBA. Like, because, like, you cannot be a major publisher right now and not have some kind of MOBA. That's what all at the least cool kids are doing. Right, exactly. Like, it is, everybody's trying to get into the party. So that's exactly what Dongate is. Uh, and Dongate is in, it's in open beta right now. So, like, if you want to, you can go download and play Dongate. I haven't actually played it because, like, anytime I play anything, it's just like, I'm like, oh, I could just play League. And so, <laughs> yeah, like, then, how, many, how many different MOBAs can one person sustain at one time? Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I have a couple of friends that play, like, Infinite Crisis, which is the, uh, that's the DC. I think yeah. it's DC. Yeah, okay. that's the DC MOBA. And then there's, like, Dota. And, like, I tried to play Dota. Dota's not for me. Dota and League are a little bit different. League is really the only one that I can invest a lot of time into. I think you can play other ones if you're not playing League. But once you start playing League, it's, like, the only one you can do. So what 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 is EA going to do to get people interested in Dawngate? at this point well so there's a couple of different things so like Dongate's a little bit different the, the maps are different in Dongate. it's not your standard moba map where it's like three lanes and two bases on either side and whatever they're they're trying to do some their tagline is break the meta so they have like there are different camps so throughout the map. yeah i know right <laughs> There are different like camps throughout the map and stuff like that that they're using to sort of set themselves apart. Plus, Donkey is also their thing that they try to, I think, drive home a little bit more is that they seem to focus a little bit more on story and lore uh, than some of these other ones. Uh, like, there is lore in League of Legends, just like there is lore in Dota, but like, it's not integral at all. Like, you yeah. don't need to know anything about any of these champions to to play this game. It gotcha. doesn't. It makes no difference. Uh, but Dongate's trying to say, like, no, no, there's, you know, you get to know these people and stuff like that. So, again, I, I think it looks cool. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever try it. Yeah, they didn't even really yeah. say that much about it other than, like, hey, we're making this game and we're listening to you and you can help shape it. Like, yeah, that was pretty and, much it. And I think that makes sense. And I think, uh, I think anything, any more what's going to make or break uh, the MOBA scene and what EA did not talk about at all is the esports like what is their esports sort of uh approach with this game because that's yeah. what's going to happen oh, any moba okay. that comes any moba that comes out you see it with like smite smite just started their competitive scene dota obviously is established league is like the mother of all competitive scenes uh but so that's what's going to drive it forward and i know that even recently with Dongate, they just uh like one of their spokesperson is a former league of legends professional player like oh, last of course yeah, like last year he was a support player on the team that finished uh they finished in fourth place. He played for Team Curse, which is like one of the really well established teams. You got to bring those people over, give them the big bucks to yeah. up some support. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I know they're working really close and he's a really smart guy and so I'm sure they're going to have something that's great. Uh but you know, 
Cool. I yeah. think MOBA is just one of those things where they know there's a fan base out there, so they said something about it. But most people are just like, whatever, MOBAs. Uh-huh. I kind of feel like you're like our field reporter. Like, and now we go to our senior MOBA expert <laughs> with, the, with the report on Dongate. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, he needs that's a special that. hat with like a little card sticking out of it. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Um, <laughs> I just, I before we moved, time. I was sorry, I was going to say, uh, before we move on, there are two things that I see are missing from our list that I want to quickly bring up. Okay. Um, the first was an open world vehicle game from Criterion, who makes the Burnout series. Um, did you see that? Any of you guys happen to catch that trailer? No. Criterion, a, Criterion makes like these uh, really fun kind of like arcade style driving games. Yeah, it's Burnout, right? Yeah. Criterion Burnout. Yeah. So they they showed a trailer for, or they kind of showed like some like a making of clip, and they're basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to make an open world driving game that allows you to drive like all kinds of stuff, like a gyrocopter or, you know, like a hang glider, you can get in one vehicle and out of it, you know, into another, yeah. um, to create yeah, mayhem, like, like ATVs. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of crazy stuff. So that's exciting. So, I mean, like we said before, we're not like huge racing fans, but I think, you know, arcade racing and, you know, especially sort of the ones that are more like, uh, mayhem based and not like simulation based, like you got to win every race or whatever. Those are appealing to a larger audience. So I think that's exciting. And then the other thing that they mentioned that is not on our list is Mirror's Edge 2, which I'm super yeah. excited about. Oh, yeah. Jeez, how can I forget that? Yeah, I get chills. Like, every time I hear the score to Mirror's Edge, like, that's, you know, it's powerful. It's such a you – know, these French people, you know, they, they, they know how to make some <laughs> games, you know? Yeah, yeah they do. Sure. They do. Yeah, I, I remember made the I joke on, on binge- Twitter. I made the joke on Twitter that everyone I've ever met, every French developer, is like like a supermodel. Because even in those interviews they were showing with Mirror's Edge, I was like, oh, my God, they're all like in like three-piece suits and like super well-dressed and groomed. <laughs> and then you come to the United States and all of our developers are uh, like myself. Yeah, these, yeah. I mean, these like <laughs> French games are all like there's like a theme almost. And you can tell like between Mirror's Edge and uh, Remember Me and there was another French game that I played previous to that. And they all kind of have this same like kind of beautiful design aesthetic. And Mirror's Edge definitely fits that mold. And uh, I don't know how far they are from releasing this game, but people want it, and it's going to be good. And, uh, doing parkour from a first-person perspective, I think, is a really tricky thing to pull off. No, and, I agree. And they somehow find a way to do it. It's almost like this game is less, in my mind, less of a shooter and more of like a Tony Hawk game. Because a lot of your proficiency within this game really relies on you being able to parkour successfully through the environment and sort of almost avoid combat in most instances where you just oh, kind of for sure you knock a guy down and you just keep moving the last thing you want to do is grab a gun and start trying to fire back at people which is really yeah. the problem with the first game so hopefully they fix it yeah i mean i just experienced mirror's edge for the first time last summer like mm-hmm. it hasn't even been a year since i played it and i played through the whole game uh in like a day because it's yeah. not that long and yeah it definitely is it the mechanics around how you parkour in that game were expert like it yes. worked really really well the fighting in that game did not work very well no <laughs> like pretty much like your goal was to avoid combat at all costs so yeah then, and that's and that's when the game really broke down is when they forced you to fight they were like yeah. you have to kill this guy yeah and that's when you were just like uh i can we just not can i just get back to like rebounding <laughs> off of buildings for an hour yeah, yeah and that's the thing is that people don't want the combat so in the trailer they show like they basically show faith like mario stomping people like in like yeah. never never stops moving just kind of stomps on someone and keeps running which i think is really exciting for for fans of that series so um ash yes. one of my favorite developers visceral is taking over the battlefield series while 
DICE is working on Battlefront. Yeah, so um, Hardline, is, I guess the, the beta is available now to uh, PlayStation 4 people. So it's kind of like a open slash close beta. And they only have a certain right. number of slots right now. So the slots, I think, are currently filled. But mm-hmm. um, So Battlefield Hardline was announced. And it was actually leaked uh, for like a couple days prior to E3. So somebody got fired. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but Hardline is a, a cops and robbers version of Battlefield set in, in modern cities and modern locations. Um, so they're kind of moving away from the military stuff and doing uh, kind of cat Which and mouse. Which is so weird because they're calling it Battlefield. Yeah, right. Battle, <laughs> Battlefield, it's like Battlefield Chicago. Um, right. But it, it's cops. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the thing, the reason I put wow in the notes here is because the, um, the multiplayer session they showed at the presser was really, to me, it was awesome. I've been a Battlefield player since Battlefield 1942, and I'm ne- I've never been hardcore. I've always just played with friends, mm-hmm. and we'll play for like, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, and then we'll move on to other stuff. So it's never been like my lifeblood, you know. I've never like devoted my life to Battlefield, but I love the franchise, and I, I don't think, I think the Battlefield does, ba- the Battlefield, I think the Battlefield, um, <laughs> I think Battlefield does a great job of m- letting players have experiences with their friends that are very memorable, so like getting in a helicopter or a, a, on an ATV or some sort of transport with your buddies and going on a mission to, to do something on a large map is just a ton of fun. And it, it doesn't play like a Call of Duty because you can have these – since the maps are so large, you can have a little bit more of an intimate experience with just the people that you want to play with. So you can go off and just be snipers in the woods or go off and, and kind of do whatever you want to do with just your buddies. So um, I really I really liked how Hardline looked. Um I, everyone was joking around zip lines and everything, but I think the zip lines look cool. I think the you know the capture the money bag and assault the safe mode looks like a lot of fun. Um, and you know I'm I'm kind of sold. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, people were complaining that it's just kind of like a a DLC or like mod for Battlefield Four, and it is using the same engine, but I think it is going to be its own you know big standalone experience. So I think yeah, I think that if you can conceptually. You know, from a conceptual standpoint, if you can really drive home the point of these two opposing sides, one trying to commit crimes, the other one trying to stop it, you Mm -hmm. know, because really traditional battlefield games is just one force fighting a different force and they have sort of the same, you know, mental standpoint, like. Yeah, control areas of the map. Yeah, but I mean, like from the from a mental perspective, it's like, you know, our whatever our force is on the side of right. And the other one is like our force is on the side of right. So we will do combat until it ends, you know, (laughs) but in this one, it's like, clearly it's like the Stanford prison experiment. It's like Mm. people are definitely going to be cops in this game and other people are definitely going to be criminals. And so I think that if they can make that seem real, having that sort of differentiation between the roles on the two sides might actually make this, a compelling battlefield game like even though it's running on the same technology as the previous one there's an opportunity to do something interesting here with yeah. the objective-based combat yeah and the technology works great it, it doesn't necessarily yeah. need need to be changed at this point already right. so. i hate it i hate it when people say that when they're like uh it's just like a they're using the exact same tech and it's like dude if it works like old yeah. tech lots of times old tech is even better than new tech because it's efficient like mm-hmm. it has been refined it has been made better yeah yeah and like you just end up spending a whole lot a whole lot of money to create a whole lot of bugs that you fixed already yeah to create something new 
That's like saying, like, I don't ever want to play a game that runs on the Havoc game engine ever again. It's like, well, yeah. it looks like you're not playing anything for the next five yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Ever again, yeah. right. Exactly. Right. Unreal is so old. I never want to do Unreal ever again. It's yeah. like, oh, my God. And then they wonder. <laughs> they wonder why it takes five years to make Final Fantasy. It's because they do a freaking new engine every time. Yep. Yep. So there you go. Let's – okay, we'll move on to Ubisoft. Who, yes. Um, I think from a – presentation standpoint probably put on the most interesting presentation they did um, going the blue route for this one bringing back aisha tyler <laughs> always always yeah yeah they, they brought back aisha tyler and they opened with far cry 4 which had a uh, nice jugular stabbing yeah. and murder scene so i they, believe last, last year wasn't it when they opened with far cry 3 and it was tits wasn't that last yeah year? it was yeah. it was far cry 3 in the in the breast and now this time it was just like uh, mass stabbings um, the thing so, about I think Aisha Tyler, the thing about her is that she knows where the line is, and yeah. she knows when to cross the line and when to not cross the line. She's yeah. very like aware of what is happening with herself and with like the people on stage with her and the people in the audience, and she almost like has this meta awareness of what the people in the audience are doing in reaction to her. She's mm-hmm. able to play off of that, and I think that's what makes her so good. No, she's that a, and she's she's, she's definitely not the hired help. You know what I mean? Like yeah. She knows what she's talking about. Right? Yeah, yeah. She plays she, a lot of games. She does play a lot of games, and and she she loves them, you know. And that a lot of people were like on Twitter giving her shit because she kind of cried at the end of the press conference because she yeah. was so excited about um, Rainbow Six Siege. Right. But um, you know, I I can imagine being up there in front of like you know thousands of people, and then also being broadcasted to millions of people. And seeing that presentation and with all the, you know, the sound and the energy and kind of getting moved to the point of tears, that's not, you know, it doesn't make her a weirdo. I think it's, it's, and again, I don't know, I don't know where you guys were watching this stuff, but after the press conference, she went over to IGN and and sat down and talked with them. And she talked specifically about that. Uh And it, it turns out that rainbow six is like, you know, like I have Zelda and everybody has, everybody has that game franchise that got them going. And for her, it's rainbow six. Oh, wow. Okay. So, that makes total sense. So it was like yeah, an emotional and, moment, like a nostalgic moment. Yeah, totally. And Rainbow Six sure. has been gone for such a long time. Yeah, and here she is announcing a thing that is near and dear to her heart to millions of people uh-huh. at like the biggest stage ever. And Ubisoft's letting her do it. So yeah, I mean, it's like super cool. That'd be like I if would be for that us, right. Valkyria Chronicles if they. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Like if Sony was like, "Come over here, Nate, and tell everyone about the new Valkyria Chronicles." <laughs> yeah. I would just be a weeping mass of nothing. <laughs> Made of jelly. Yeah, right. I'd, I'd be the same way. But anyway, um, so they opened. They opened. We'll talk about Rainbow Six Siege in a minute. But they opened with uh, Far Cry Four, which um, takes place in the Himalayas, and they had a, a kind of a crazy, you know, opening cinematic, and they showed some gameplay. And you know, I was a big fan of Far Cry Three. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check it out, but they they did great stuff with the the open world experience, and it was kind of like mixing, you know, a shooter with something like like Skyrim. You had this massive world to explore, and you had to figure out how to assault bases and you can do it any way that you wanted. And uh, it seems like they're with Far Cry 4 integrating um, multiplayer so you can kind of drop in, drop out multiplayer. And they also said uh, during the PlayStation 4 conference that um, during Far-, Far Cry 4 you can play with your friends even if your friends don't have Far Cry 4. So let's say I have a PS, I have a PS4 and I want Nate to play with me. I can just ping him and he can jump into my game even if he doesn't have the game, which is crazy. I, I, we will need to learn more about how that works. Yeah, I, I, they said that and I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's pretty fucking cool. I mean, they might have to download a patch or something like that. 
Um, well, and I mean, I could see it logistically. I can understand it versus, you know, with their like online playing service and cloud playing and whatever. But I'm just talking about financially and like, because there has to be some limitations. Why would you do that? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, unless they're doing it, like you said, if they limit the experience that you can have, but that in turn entices people to buy the game. Yeah. You know, it could be a boon in the end for them just to go oh, like, yeah. hey, like, you know, your buddy Ash is playing and he's like, going to invite you to jump into the game. And then you play for Tim and she go, oh, man, this is actually really fucking cool. And then you go, which out and will buy happen. It. I'm telling yeah. you, these games are, are so much fun. Like if you enjoy like running around and, and shooting and, you know, just causing chaos with your friends, it, there's there's no better experience than that than Far Cry. So good times. Um, I Scott, you're going to have to explain this to me because you're you're a super genius. But um. <laughs> They, they had this Just Dance presentation and then they had everyone talking about cell phones and they had everyone with cell phones in their hand and everyone was dancing and I became very confused. So what the yeah. fuck was going on? I am going to guesstimate what okay. is happening. Okay. okay, so they announced Just Dance 2015 yeah. and that's, you know, we all know what that is. And then they announced something else called Just Dance Now, which they tout as like low, the future of low latency online gaming and... um which is and then they said like anybody can dance and in my mind i was like yeah including these like 20 professional dancers that we brought in you know these people can dance too um but apparently what they say is that with just dance now all you need is a cell phone and you can download an app or something and then start dancing and i can't remember if you needed to be in front of a television as far as like, yeah yeah no you got to be in front of the tv i think so i don't i don't really okay. know like connectivity wise what's going on but you know what i can tell you is that there was a Just Dance on the Wii platform, which required you to hold the Wii remote in your hand, and then it uses, um, you know, the, the Wii's gyro. yeah the Wii's yeah. positional tracking to to see if you're doing the moves. And while that's like obviously not as intricate a tracking system as the Connect or whatever, um, it's still a way to track the dancing. And you know, as far as Just Dance goes, in in comparison to um, Dance Central, I would say that Dance Central is more like learning choreography. And yeah. Just Dance is sort of more of a party game where you're just kind of doing totally like more yeah. casual like wedding dance yeah. moves. It'd be know? like comparing it'd be like comparing Rocksmith to Guitar Hero. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Rocksmith is about playing guitar. Guitar mm-hmm. Hero is about pressing buttons. Yes. So this, like, I guess Just Dance would be your Guitar Hero. Yes, right. for mm-hmm. sure. I think that's a perfectly accurate description because you can walk out of Dance Central with like an entire choreographed dance routine you know, for the club or something. But anyways, mm. uh, so I would imagine like, you know, with the cell phone, if you have in your smartphone, the gyroscopic sensor, or I'm assuming it's probably just that, but whatever else is in it, you know, your iPhone is a, uh, a compass among other things. So yeah, I would think that by holding it in your hand and doing the dance moves, it could track your movement in a similar fashion to the Wii remote, thus enabling you to dance with a bunch of people at the same time. Yeah. Many many cell phones will fly out of hands and, and yeah. damage infants and pets. Even the guy, even the guy in the demo, had it strapped in. <laughs> yeah, they all had like Wii remote straps, like uh, you know, attached to their cell phones. But yeah, the, you know, I the thing got... that was sort of impressive was that they showed everybody was competing in the same interface against one another at the same time. So there was like a ranking of about thirty people when it was all over, which was kind of cool. I mean, if it works, that's going to be really great. Yeah, yeah I think we'll I was the only one on Twitter immediately that was like how are they going to do this logistically yeah because like i and everybody was like dude it's just going to use the accelerometer it's like i'm not stupid i understand (laughs) that part of it but the thing that i don't think people understand is that 
there is such a wide variety in cell phone technology, yes. in cell phone software, in hardware, in connectivity, that to support that as a core mechanic of your game seems insane to me. See, and here's our yeah. theme again. We're getting back to like the use of technology. And this is the stuff that, while like if you may not be a dance game fan, like you should be interested in what companies are doing with technology to push gaming as a whole forward, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So like they said, you know, Wi-Fi, 3G, 4G, all these people can dance together in the same interface. And it's like, hey, if this works for a dancing game today, what could this work for in the future? You know, mm-hmm. right. This could be the tip yeah. of the iceberg of something much larger and something really cool for parties, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's uh, if they can pull it off and I don't know how they're going to do it. If, but if they can, then more power to them. But like I've I've done simple software development for two phone platforms and it's a freaking nightmare mm-hmm. i can't imagine trying to penetrate a market as wide as these guys need to penetrate yeah uh, it's pretty for challenging. A, a relatively simple game like just dance that could easily be done with just a controller like yeah. easily the concept seems insane so yeah. Yeah, yeah so we'll see so it was slightly confusing to you as well Oh, it was completely okay. Thank God. I'm like, I had like a thousand questions as soon as that was over. (laughs) I was like, can you use a controller? What about people who don't have phones? Yeah. What is this? Why are they moving in a rhythmic manner? I don't know. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. And just from a uh, E3 presentation standpoint, after seeing Usher appear on stage at the Microsoft conference, I really thought Ubisoft missed an opportunity to bring out Lady Gaga during the... Uh-huh. <laughs> right? You know, yeah, am I yeah, right? Yeah. Would that not yeah. have been, like, the icing on the cake I for that? I think so many people gave them all shit for using celebrities that nobody did it this year. They're yeah. just like, we're not going to do it. They're like, Aisha Tyler, she gets a pass because she's the real deal, but everybody else, you know, they're just yeah. going to kind of leave them out. I mean, um, you know, Usher didn't need to say anything, but he could dance, man, and that was kind of cool when he came out to true. play that game. He, Anyways. he is a dancer. Yeah. Um, the Division, speaking of dancing, this game has nothing to do with that. Um, the Division cover-based shooter from Ubisoft uh, looks like it, it got pushed a little bit, but they this actually showed This is the Tom a, Clancy game, right? Yes. Yes. So... They showed a cinematic, uh, which I believe was done by Blur this year, that kind of gave you a little bit of the backstory that there is a super flu that hit New York City, and uh, all of a sudden the gangs have taken over New York City because everyone has left, and uh, there still are people stranded inside the city, and they bring in the division to kind of clean up the mess and push the gangs out, and uh, it looks like to be a, a tactical cover-based shooter with a lot of cool tech and um this one actually does have some technology integration because they've already announced that they're going to have uh you can play with your tablet and control drones and things like that that looks great i mean this game just needs to come out at this point is it going to be like a borderlands or more like a linear experience i guess borderlands Uh, is sort of linear in certain ways too yeah i have no idea like i know you have a character I know you level and you have questions. skill points. I have yeah. questions. Yeah. yeah, they didn't really well, yeah, get into and, the mechanics yeah. too much this year. And the trailer they had is, again, it was a cinematic. It's not like a game. It wasn't a gameplay trailer. There yeah. was gameplay. I don't know if it maybe it wasn't during the Ubisoft conference, but there was gameplay shown at one of these events. Mm-hmm. And again, like the people playing this game play with a calmness that nobody plays a multiplayer game. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's just like, and the way they communicate is like, we're going to go over here. And it's like, no, that's not what it's like. If you've ever played a multiplayer game, for 80% of the game, you're talking about like what your dog's doing. Yeah. Or uh-huh. like <laughs> how work was today. No one is like strategy is not a big thing. That's we can talk true. about this during Siege, but like these demos, like they assume that the you know, the average gamer has knowledge of like breach and clear tactical procedure, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know 
It's like, okay, so now we're going to move in, you know, wing formation and we're going to flank from yeah. the left hand side. And then most okay. of the time, like, I'm going to blow up the fucking window. One, two, three, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I'm just going to run in there with a grenade. Yeah. 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 I don't so, know, dude. I mean, the division looks amazing, but I, you know, it looks I, great. I want to play Snow, it. Like Snowdrop engine looks really pretty. Um, and again, this is another thing. Like we're big co-op players here at NA, so I can definitely see us, you know, really enjoying the division and and playing it for quite a while. Especially if there's, you know, there's a, a certain amount of progression and unlockables and stuff like that. So this is like Destiny. This is going to be one of those games where other crews might randomly appear in your game for combat, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. T- totally. They they, they, during the demo, they mentioned the home base. This was the one where they, like, went to go to the, the girl had the home base, and then there were, like, enemies outside of it. And they had mm-hmm. to, like, take down the enemies before they went inside. Seems That's great. awesome. It's super really cool. Great. Excited. Um, driving stuff, the crew. Yep, another driving game. Um, this, is, this is Drive Club, right? It's just, like, no. Ubisoft's version of Drive Club. This is, they have like the whole United States, they said. So it's kind of open world driving, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. I mean, but like, honestly, I I can't, I can't differentiate between the crew and Forza and Drive Club. So like Forza is like about single player competitive racing against each other. It's Mm -hmm. like Uh me versus you. The crew, their big thing is, again, this is like Ubisoft. Ubisoft is dipping their toe into an untapped esports market here. Is what they're doing because the crew is around building a driving club, so it's you and a group of other people, mm-hmm. and then competing in events like oh. actual like we're going to do like a twenty four hour driving Le Mans event as a crew against another crew. Yeah, right. I saw okay. that you can drive from one end of the country to the other. They said so you can set yes. up giant giant races. Yeah, and they're they're taking competition in it seriously. Like they're organizing competitive things for it. Yeah, I believe their Twitch stream about it today was actually like a finals competition uh, uh, to these like beta crews that they had sort of assembled mm-hmm. were going to like compete. If I were to pick up any of these driving games, this would probably be the one that I picked up. Not being like a driving a huge driving game fan, mm-hmm. I love driving in games, um, but I, I've never really been a big driving game fan. But I love the idea of being able to drive long distances and drive in actual locations. I'm not a big track driving guy. I don't want to drive like NASCAR or, yeah. or Formula One stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I like outrunning cops in my driving games. Yeah, that's yeah, super those are the fun. kinds of ones I like to play. Yeah. Um, so Ubisoft. This was funny. I got to talk about this for a second. <laughs> okay. They they basically announced a new like fitness game, which okay, cool. So, but the, what they they came out and they said the guy was like working out is boring and like watching fitness videos like sucks. And so, in partnership with Microsoft, we developed we developed this fitness game, which in my mind was really funny because Xbox has a product called Xbox Fitness in which right. you watch fitness videos and you work out. And I use yeah. it, and I really like it. So I thought it was funny that Ubisoft came out and said that, and then they were like, "Oh, but Microsoft is helping us do this." You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, bite the hand that feeds you, I guess. But that's fine. So they're doing basically they're gamifying fitness by creating a um, like a fitness game, and they showed like this demo where you. It was like a push-up competition and then another one where you it's like a DDR type thing. Yeah, you right? did like a DDR type thing, and the idea, you know, like. You know, like the basic premise behind gamification is that turning ordinary mundane tasks of everyday life that people don't like to adhere to by adding game elements into those things, it makes, you know, increases motivation and gets people to um, remain engaged with those programs for a longer period of time. But, um, you know, to me, like this seemed interesting. It seemed a little light on content and it kind of like seemed like 
um, you know, like even the Wii U balance board had some more interesting ideas than what I've seen from this so far. But we only saw two things. Yeah. So this game yeah. is called Shape Up. I think it's coming later this year, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ubisoft has always been very interested in in the fitness market as well. They even had their own fitness game. Again, you know, why make fun of fitness games when you made your own? Called um, <laughs> uh, They had a series called Your Shape, which was on the Wii and I think on the Xbox as well. So um, it's a big – I think it's a growing market, the need for, like, dancing games, fitness, Xbox fitness. Like, I think all that stuff yeah. will be important, um, you know, as far as, like, what you can do with the technology of a console in your living room. So Absolutely. Yep. Interested to see more, but, you know, so far it doesn't look like super nutso yet. Yeah, exactly. It looks right. like they're just trying to crack the nut on it, honestly. It's like, yeah. do it, people want to be serious or do they want to do push-ups with tanks on their backs? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if they came out and they were like, oh, this is actually like $15, you know, like downloadable style, I'm in. But if like those two demos is going to turn into $60, I'm going to need to see more. Right. Yeah. So um, how about Assassin's Creed Unity, you guys? So, yeah, the the big announcement was they actually showed some in-game footage of Assassin's Creed Unity. They showed a um, a little bit of the single player, they showed some cinematic stuff, and then they actually showed um, multiplayer, which, again, appears to kind of be drop-in, drop-out multiplayer, or at least you start a mission and then your friends can hop in. But um, for the first we, time ever... Yeah, why don't we talk about multiplayer? Or were you going to say something else? No, I, I can move on to that. That's totally fine. Um, I was going to say, for the first time ever, you're you're able to um, actually play the full version of the game with all the mechanics with your friends. So you can yes. go on assassination missions. You can actually fight enemies alongside your friends, which is, you've never been able to do in an Assassin's Creed game because of the way the AI is programmed um, in order to actually be able to, you know, to brawl against your opponents. Mm-hmm. The, the enemies all need to be in very specific spots. And I think from a coding perspective, it was really hard to pull off. So now you can have up yourself and up to three friends jump in and complete missions and uh, tasks with you. And holy cow, did it look like a lot of fun. Like I can – like it, yes. with – People you know, with people you don't know, it would be a fucking nightmare because all they would do is run around and be idiots. Yeah, but with right. people you actually know, I could see this being so much fun. Yeah, like coordinated assassinations. That sounds awesome. It does, right? Like, and I don't, I've never played a single second of Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Like, never. And again, saw this game and immediately thought, that looks like something I could be really into. Mm hmm. Because, I don't know, this is, to me, this what Assassin's Creed's doing is what Next Gen is about. It's like this whole drop-in, drop-out, seamless stuff. And the way that they transition inside to outside, like, the scale of everything with no loading, I was mm-hmm. like, is insanity. And then they announced later in the day that one in four buildings you can go into. That's wow. crazy. That's insane. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and it's the entire city of Paris, and yeah. it's one in four buildings. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's really they- impressive. And yeah, this they is, even uh, said this is that uh, new team as well. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, but you know, so what we were shown, obviously, it's taking place during the French Revolution. A uh, little bit of story stuff they showed in the cinematic trailer, the storming of the Bastille, and it looked fucking awesome. And the multiplayer looked awesome. So you know, I have high hopes for Assassin's Creed Unity. I think it's going to be a great title. I, I didn't love three, but I thought four was great. And so Unity, I think, is going to be something extra special. You is, know, is Lucy still dead? Because I'm really upset uh, probably. About that. Oh. I know, I know. You just want some Christian, Christian Bell. Christian Bell, yeah. I got Christian Bell's cape, amazing. Cape in my life. <laughs> yeah. Bring her back. Bring her back. Put her in the game. She's, she's amazing. Um, 
maybe I should let it go, right? You guys, anybody, <laughs> anybody, go. come on. Oh, no, come I on. I still now. haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> she doesn't sing that song. So that was not she really a great joke. But anyways, Ash, I think um, you're like the only person left in the world. Even I I've know. Seen that movie. I haven't seen it. I can't believe it. I actually um, really want to though. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. I mean, Assassin's Creed Unity looks great. We're yeah. going to, we're probably going to get it. I'm curious to see like, again, um, and I know I'm in the minority. I'm interested in what happens in the real world. And, you are in the minority. And, you know, the last time we left off with this is that the game has sort of shifted from the temp- from um, the assassins sort of over to the Templars. So, like, the last game took place, like, within Abstergo. So yeah. um, it's interesting. Like, they, there are opportunities for weird meta interactions between worlds, especially – since they gave a nod to watchdogs in the last game, I think that there's, I don't know, there should be something more there. I've always wanted something more from that. And, um, I know that a lot of people don't like it. So either make it better or take it out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like stop fiddling around with it. You know, in, in regards to Assassin's Creed, I did think it was weird that there is no mention of from Ubisoft in their conference or in the Sony conference or in the Microsoft conference about the current gen Assassin's Creed. Because there's another Assassin's Creed game. I heard about the, yeah, they didn't even mention it. You're Are right. Are you serious? Right. Yeah, there's yeah, another one they're making, it's too. It's called Assassin's Creed Comet, I believe is the name of it. Mm-hmm. And what? it is coming for 360 and PS3. Like, it's a brand, It's an all-new game. Uh-huh. What is it called? Comet. Comet. Yeah. Comet. And not a peep out of anybody. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is this? What is what is Comet? Where is that going to take place? <laughs> I, I, I don't Who know knows? anything about it. I just know that it exists. How, like... I can barely sustain playing one game every year, let alone two. And I played Liberation when that came out for the 360. So, yeah, that's I mean, that's a lot. dude. We'll, yeah. we'll see um, right. something much smaller in scale. Uh, Valiant Hearts, which Who is the, the World War. I, I almost did. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, sad, sad dogs kill my soul. I walked but, away. Uh, I walked out of the room. Yeah, honestly. you can't handle sad dogs no, at I all. Cannot at all. Jeez, uh, but Valiant Hearts is a World War One sort of uh, adventure game done by Ubisoft, and uh, it, it follows four different characters and their experiences world, in World War One. And I've been reading; it's kind of based on the letters of some of the, um, the some of the people that actually, fam- based on the letters of family members that worked on the game and their experiences in the First World War, which is uh, the hundredth anniversary of World War One is this year too, uh, oh, wow. which is pretty pretty crazy. So you'll probably see some more World War One stuff coming out later this year and i think this game will be released right around you know the the hundredth anniversary of the beginning of the war but um it looks gorgeous it looks you know really different um really stylized it's built uh, on that same technology that uh that child of light you know the art framework yeah. that they're using yeah. in the rayman game which are really brilliant really yeah. pretty really pretty so i mean i have very high hopes for this you know the i think the quality of the writing is what's really going to set this game apart i feel like while the mechanics might be kind of simple and everything i think it is going to tell a very um kind of poignant and moving story about and the thing i liked about it also they they kind of approach it from different perspectives one of the main characters is a a nurse who was uh working i believe for the red cross and one was a german soldier trying to get back home at the end of the war um, and so they're not just going from, you know, the, the rah-rah American perspective. Yeah, the uh, good guys. Yeah, exactly. They're splitting it up and kind of showing that the war was just, just kind of stupid and fruitless from everybody's perspective. So right. um, really cool. I think it looks great. Cool. So how about a little bit about Rainbow Six Siege? Yeah. Dude, 
I'm not a Rainbow Six guy, and I have never been more hyped after something <laughs> than when I saw that. I was like, sign me the fuck up, dude. Is this coming out tomorrow? Because I'm yeah. ready to play. It looked crazy, right? Um, I-, I watched the first five minutes, and I literally thought for five minutes that in any minute, like, it was going to pull back and be a different game or something. Because it just looked too – everything just looked too – it looked weird in like a, a – too good to be true kind of way you know yeah. the way everything was moving and flowing and the characters were talking to each other i'm like holy cow like is this really is this really a game That's like, just what like is- alpha gameplay that they showed as right well. yeah um but i i grew up actually playing these rainbow six games on the pc and the thing i always liked about them the most was um they were very tactical like the original rainbow six games you actually you controlled uh, an elite team the rainbow six team and you would uh place them all around the map and it would actually kind of play out in um almost like a like an RTS type of game but then you could actually command each one of your guys as they went through their pre-programmed motions. So I think there's still mm-hmm. a little bit of that left because they were showing like a tactical cam and um, where they were selecting to drop in from the helicopter and things like that. Yeah. Um, the thing about Rainbow Six that always separated it from other shooters was that it is, you know, incredibly tactical and I think they really captured that with Siege because it was, you know, there was a really clear objective and one team had to escape with a hostage and one team had to, you know, um, save the hostage. And um, it looked like it it's not a game that you could kind of go in guns blazing without losing that objective. Um, you only get one life, too. And yeah. that's one thing I don't know if any, you guys noticed. Like, yeah. Once yeah. people were out, they were out. So Well, and there, there was like a revive mechanic, but it seemed really short, like the timer was short. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I know that one of the good guys went down and he got brought back. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. But my my guess is that there's probably headshots in the game. So, like, it's probably the kind of thing if you get shot and are kind of, like, losing blood, you can probably get revived. But mm-hmm. there's probably one shot, one kill. Sheesh. It seemed like complete insanity. The entire round just seemed like madness. I know. When he's sitting breaching charges on the floor to, like, breach yeah, from the, the ceiling. Entire, <laughs> the, entire, the entire building seemed interactive. Like, you could literally put traps anywhere, mm. blow anything up. You could – the way they got into the building, that part where they blew up the floor so they could come down on the guy, mm-hmm. I was like, this is genius. Yeah. I just – I was so sold. I thought it was cool that they kind of also broke that mold of being able to shoot through walls. Like you're not safe when the door is closed and you're inside the room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because a shotgun blast like put a hole in the wall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's wood. Like it's it's not protecting anyone. (laughs) That's true. But uh, yeah, I think it looked really promising. And um, I don't think anyone was again expecting a new Rainbow Six title. So, you know, seeing Siege and seeing it play, you know, seeing it playable and stuff, even though it was all, you know, very well choreographed and, you know, everything was completely you know, pre-recorded and all set up. It still looked like a lot of fun and yeah. uh, it accomplished its task. Yeah. Of getting, of getting people to notice it. Absolutely. So good stuff. Cool. Are we ready to move on to the Sony event? Let's do it. Let's little, do it. A little background. Ash and I actually signed up for one of the uh, theater events. And so we watched the press briefing in the movie theater. Which How was, was that different? It um, was different. It was a lot like PAX. Yeah. Is it was it? cool. There's a line of people, a couple Same hundred vibe. people there. Yeah. And, um, there was a lot of energy, so we'll talk about. The thing that's neat about this is we got to kind of experience it along with you know a big crowd, and there was a lot of cheering and and some silence during some parts. So you can kind of get a feel for you know what people were actually excited about and what people did not give a, a shit about. So yeah, um, it was cool. They gave us some uh, some freebie stuff, which I guess we'll talk about at the end. Yeah, yeah. And, they had uh, one in Omaha too, and I just I didn't go. 
Yeah, I mean, it was. We almost didn't go because I was like, "What the? What is this going to be? Like, it could be horrible." But um, we didn't have anything going on, so we ended up going to it. So <laughs> we're like, eh, "It's either this or watch it at home." So we went out and experienced it with others. So uh, I guess we'll start out with Kingdom Hearts three. This was, uh, you know, I, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game, and I was asking Scott about it, and I don't think it was really something that he was it, it too is not for me. No, uh, but yeah. it was weren't you guys um, on your show? Someone uh, King I, so like uh, I, Ken, Anna and I both play Kingdom Hearts. Uh, okay. I played Kingdom Hearts one, uh, really liked it. Kingdom Hearts is a really sort of unique IP that I think is done very well. It's one of the few times where it's like you see two crossovers of franchises that you like. It's Disney and Final Fantasy, and you see it melded in a way that makes sense, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I get it. But the thing about Kingdom Hearts is after Kingdom Hearts 1, the story gets like super weird and convoluted. And then much like I always I always liken it to Pantera. Okay, Pantera is a band that I want to <laughs> Pantera is a band that I want to like, but uh-huh. their fans make them so intolerable. Uh, so okay. true. Okay. That is so it, true. Kingdom Hearts is the exact same way. People who are obsessed with Kingdom Hearts make the game almost unlivable. <laughs> that's the vibe like, we got in the theater, too. You're yeah. right. They, You're absolutely they just right. ruin it. They just ruin it for people. So, like, I just don't have any excitement around Kingdom Hearts 3, but, like, it's a huge thing. Yeah. Well, the crowd was very excited about it. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot to say about it. It looked um, Kingdom Heartsy, but, uh, yeah. yeah. So. Can I- can I just talk about the three whimsical things sort of like all together so we can get sure. this out of the way? Yeah. So like Kingdom Hearts, right? People lost their shit. They're like, oh my God, remix two and a half. Ah! You yeah, know, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they show a couple of games. They start the event and then they bring an indie studio on stage and they show a game called Entwined, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like this kind of art style, um, you know, flying right. like twin stick, puzzly, like really neon colors and beautiful, almost like yeah. Um, it's about it's about like whimsically. It's about love and like craziness. Yeah. yeah. What was that? What, there was a game that came on on the Connect that was all like whimsical in the same sense. Oh, I know by, what you're talking about. Child of Eden, I think. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, like yeah. had that vibe kind of going on, right? And everybody was yeah. like, "What the f is this?" And then the you know the speakers like, and then it's a story about two colors and they're trying to fall in love and they make and everyone's like oh. yeah they're, they're in love but they can't be together it's like a yeah. fish and a bird yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like oh fuck this shit what yeah. is this shit somebody actually yelled next gen hardware yeah <laughs> and then and then literally 15 seconds later they go here's a game about a sock you know, a sock puppet, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> yeah, they just they lose their brain. They had totally lost their mind. And I was like, like totally "Okay, let's back up mind. a second. You're gonna lose your shit for a game about Disney characters and a game about you know, like a a sack of something filled with like stuffing." And right. then when they show Entwined, you're like, fuck this shit. Like, we need to, <laughs> like you got to pick your battles, man. You got to, like, figure out where your priorities are because yeah, exactly. these things all kind of fit in a similar wheelhouse of, like, hey, <laughs> you know, these aren't shooters and people aren't getting stabbed in the throat. So I don't know, like, I don't know what you like at this point. I'm con- totally confused. So right. there you go. Anyways, let's move on. Yes. So um, the big exclusive is The Order, which is coming out uh, relatively soon-ish. For the PS4 and is it uh, coming out soon? I didn't it's delayed think the order to next was... year. Oh, oh was yeah. it delayed? Yeah, well, yeah, it's been big time delayed. Strike that! But the order looks great. Um, I saw some some actual gameplay footage, and they actually showed a little. I guess it was gameplay footage, but it's kind of um, 
It's getting to the point where you can barely tell cinematics from gameplay, but it looked like it was uh, sort of cinematics melded with gameplay. Yeah, so you got to February see him fire. 20th, by the way. Oh, is it? Okay, yes. that's not too bad. But you got to see him fire off a couple shots, but it looks like it's um, kind of Victorian era, um, you know, very Jack the Ripper fighting against the, the, the denizens of like a really dark, kind of looks like a London Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it had like a zombie era. vibe. I don't know. This game, I was hype on this game last year when they yeah. talked about it because I thought it was going to be like unique and cool. And to me now, it looks like a it seems I don't like know, Resident Evil or something. Kind of felt real. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a Victorian Resident Evil. It's mm-hmm. like a, I was yeah. expecting like a co-op action shooter or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting something really sort of like steampunk and unique. Twirly mustaches, monocles. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's like not that way. Uh, it look, I think it looks good. Um, I don't think we've, we've really seen enough, you know, at this point. If mm-hmm. it's going to be co-op, or like what the different modes are going to be, like how long it is. So, I mean, they still are kind of barely scratching the surface what what I think this game might be. So we will see in the future. Um Second Son, infamous Second Son is You're coming out. You're excited for this. I am because uh, Laura Bailey is one of my one of my favorite voice actresses, and she does the the voice of Fetch in Infamous Second Son, who's uh, another super powered character who has these super cool neon powers. But she was like horribly. Her powers are pink. No, they are. They're super <laughs> pink, and like she has like super speed, and she can shoot like lasers, and she's basically like kind of like Dazzler from uh, from the X Men, and horribly underutilized infamous second son like she appears in in the game for a little while then she just disappears for like hours on end and you're like where's that fucking cool character and kind of pops up again near the end and you're just kind of like i kind of wish she was in it more well she's getting her own big giant standalone story which you don't even have to own infamous second son in order to in order to get it so um it's a it's a standalone you can download it it's coming uh i want to say in a month or two pretty soon Mm mm-hmm I think it's um, soonish. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the DLC at this point, but it's like Child of not Child of Light. That's something else. No, entirely. it's called like First it's called First something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's called what is it called? Infamous First Light. First Light. First Light, okay. light Laserface. I okay. believe it's First Light colon Laserface. There we go. They leave the colon off. <laughs> anyway, it looks really good. Uh, Scott, do you want to talk at all about Little Big Planet Three? Um, I've only played maybe the first handful of levels of the very first Little Big Planet, and it—I mean—it seems great. I like I, being a Nintendo fan growing up and continuing the tradition, I have played a lot of puzzle platformers in my day. So, I mean, this game looks gorgeous. I understand that you can build your own levels. Um, it's got a lot of customization, and people like that. Like. I still see a four-player puzzle platformer, which yep. just really has a strong base. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. But I, as we'll see a little bit later, there are other yarn-based games that appear <laughs> on Nintendo's platform as well. So, so yeah. much yarn. I, it's, I mean, it's. I guess it's either your thing or it's not. I think if I was, you know, if Sony, if the PlayStation was my primary gaming console, I would, you know, more than likely play this game. But otherwise, yeah. I thought know. I thought it looked cool just because. They had the four. Like I, I played Little Big Planet the first one. Yeah, uh, and didn't I didn't play the second one, uh, just because again I I just plat like two D side scrolling platformers. I kind of moved on past those. And again, I'm not a creator. I want to play stuff that's been created. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like that part of it never appealed to me. But like I thought it looked interesting in that, like okay, I compare it to the four player Mario game. The four player Mario game is four Mario's on the screen doing what Mario does. This is a four-player platforming game where the 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 players have different abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they work together. Cool. Yeah, so it's like uh, I thought it looked interesting, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's like 
I wonder how that game would work with one player if you had I to know. control them all. You know, like you switch off between them or whatever. Like, I wonder That'd how that be would be rough. Work. My guess is that they have like single player level because that's how it they in uh, Little Big Planet Two, which had just two player co op. There were certain there were levels that were defined as this level requires ah, two people. I see. This level requires one person. Oh, okay. So it'll probably do that. Cool. I mean, it looks great, and like I said. People fucking flipped out when this game popped up in a way that oh, yeah. I did not anticipate at all. So yeah, oh, yeah, Little Big Planet's a huge deal. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Bloodborne. So cinematic is all we really got to see, or what appeared to be a cinematic. So it's from the, the makers of Dark Souls. Um, yeah, uh, I I think yeah. Bloodborne is called it's Dark Souls. Like it's Dark Souls two. Like that's yeah, or not Dark Souls still Demon Souls two. Oh, is it Demon Souls? Yeah, oh, I mean, it, it, it looks the cinematic looked cool. Again, it kind of looked like it, it. It again was a little bit more contemporary, so it kind of moves away from the the medieval vibe, and it looked like it was more of like uh, steampunky, which yeah. kind of looked cool. But um, I'm eager to actually try these games. Um, I, I've never really, I've never really delved into them. So one of them, I, uh, Dark Souls, is free right now. No, Demon Xbox. Souls is Demon the, Souls. This is, is it. Dark Souls is the game that is free. But yes. people are saying this is the spiritual successor to Demon Souls. To Demon Souls, right? Okay, so is... here's. Do you guys understand the background story of what goes on here between? No, Demon Souls I, d- I don't. Souls? No. I have no here's idea. here's the deal. Demon ah, Souls. We got to Here's the deal. Yeah. yeah. Demon Souls was the first game that came out from the developer, which is from Software. Okay, uh-huh. so Sony owns the rights to that IP to Demon Souls. So when they put it out, it did not sell like they thought it would. Like they thought it was going to be like a Skyrim competitor mm. and it wasn't it, it sold well and it had a really loyal following just not as well as they thought it was going to turns out what it what really happened was they were just a little bit ahead of their time and they didn't know that so what happened was they they dissolved their partnership with from software and from software got scooped up by namco bandai all right okay. and they okay. said they said we want you to make the sequel to demon souls but they can't call it demon souls because sony owns it so they make dark souls which is the it's essentially it's Demon Souls two is Dark Souls the first one and it's a huge success so they make Dark Souls two too so what Sony does is they say you know what we still own this old IP and we can still work with From Software let's just go partner up with them again we won't call it Demon Souls we'll call it something new but it's essentially that's what they're doing oh, is they're okay. trying they're trying to corner the market on From Software again because now they understand that it's popular right. It's got like really a cult following at this point, these games. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. huge. It's huge. Yeah. A lot of developers love these games because they're so challenging. So I'm yeah. I'm eager to eventually dive in there and torture myself. Well, you know what else developers love? What? Zombies. <laughs> that they do. True. Another cinematic. I thought we were moving away from these. Um, Dead Island 2 cinematic, which actually was a really fun cinematic. Had this kind of... Uh, this pompous like tennis coach kind of guy jogging who has a zombie bite and then the the whole world erupts into the zombie apocalypse behind him as he's jogging. So yeah. it was fun. I never actually played Dead Island. I heard they're a ton of fun. It was free on Xbox Game. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Did you download it? I did not. Oh, I th- I have it somewhere in the queue, along with The Walking Dead, Dead Rising, Dead Island, uh, <laughs> Dead Light, all those. Wow. Games. Yeah, they're all in the queue. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I I think I have Dead Rising. Or I have Dead Island for PC and I've never played it. Yeah, it was like on Super Sale a while back. I I do intend to pay, play it, but you know, again, lots One of, of zombie games. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think it looked that's from the cinematic. Uh, you know, it, was, it looked fun, but we didn't really see anything other than the fact that <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Out, so so it's I saw absolutely nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like 
here's some zombies rendered in our style, blah. Yeah. Like, okay. Everything then, else has kind of been addressed. Do you want to talk about Infinity? They didn't really talk about anything new other than the fact that they're getting No. The, I mean, the I was just going to say that, uh, you know, Sony is now cornering their part of the indie gaming market. Mm-hmm. Um, by introducing Magicka. Apparently, they're going to do a remake of Grim Fandango, which is like, that's a big deal for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a huge deal, man. People yeah. really were excited about that. Mm-hmm. People but, did freak out. I mean, it's going to be great. Don't get me wrong, but I seem to remember that that game only takes about like a handful of hours to complete. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I, I, again, I think it's more, it's toe dipping. Like they're going to, they're like, we're going to remake this and see if we can make a bunch of money. And if they do, then you'll just see like, let's get every Tim Schafer title and redo it. Well, I mean, we've Probably, seen this before. Yeah. There was like, they redid um, other beloved games such as like tales from monkey Island and right. Um, you know, like Telltale was working on those Sam and Max games for a while, like in their own way. So, sort of like everything that's old is new again, right? Yeah, Indeed. yeah. Maybe Indeed. someone will they... remake Maniac Mansion. Oh man, that'd be incredible. Yeah, that would be incredible. Um, Let It Die again, another cinematic. We're kind of seeing a theme here, but Let It Die from Suda Fifty One um, looked horribly violent. It looked kind of like an Eli Roth film. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a Typ- naked it was guy. typical Suda. Yeah, it was typical yeah. Suda. Yeah, naked guy beating up other naked guy, taking his stuff, and then eventually gets his head blown off by like a sniper, and the sniper gets killed. Look, absolutely fucking crazy. No idea what the actual game is going to be like, other than it's definitely going to be violent. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, what's weird about these games is that a lot of his previous games had like a specific art style, like a comic book art style, and this seems hyper realistic. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how that plays. You know, as far as like how the game will work out now, something that would be in his wheelhouse to do would be to like create the game world as almost as if it were um, like the running man, you know, yes. it's like you dropped in, you're dropped in naked and you just need to kill people to get their stuff and then escape. Like the, see how long you can last. Yeah. yeah. And if it, if it turns out to be one of those kinds of things, like I think the premise will make sense. But if it's just like, hey, you're just a creepo and you just need to kill people and take their shit. Like that might be a little <laughs> yeah. weird. It's you a, know? a horrible idea for a game. I, yeah. uh, honestly, honestly, I think that this might be the last go for Suda 51 because like he just keeps making these like 65 to 70 games, you know, like yeah. rating wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just like they're and they're not these huge successes that people want them to be like killer seven was a good game. And that's where Suda like became like, Oh, he's this guy. So it's yeah. like killer seven was on GameCube of all places. Uh-huh. It was super yeah. weird. Yeah. And like actually really awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it was like super interesting and kind of like awesome, but like everything he's kind of made since then, like no more heroes is like, okay. Yeah. Lollipop chainsaw is like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think I was telling Ash about like, the, uh, the, you know, masturbate mechanic to, you know, recharge the lightsaber in No More Heroes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that's the kind the of stuff you, that he does. You go to the bathroom to save. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I mean, he's not going to disappear, but, like, Sony was really like, we've got Pseudo 51. And it's like, I was like, oh, whatever. Like, <laughs> that dude makes, like, shit games. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. True. Um, Abzu. I didn't really uh, – this looked like uh, from the creators of Journey. So Abzu was uh, – took place under the sea and there was like a – looked like a squid thing, right? Is this the squid yeah. thing one? Yeah. And sharks. Yeah. So I don't really – I mean, you know, kind of whimsical. It's a whimsical <laughs> yeah. indie game, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like Journey. Instead yeah. of desert, it was water. Yeah. And I know we're selling it very short and it's kind of mean to just, to just kind of do that. But um, I didn't really get much from what they showed – 
just I think they just kind of wanted to say, hey, we have something new from the from the creators of Journey, which was yeah. a big uh, you know a big game. So No Man's Sky. Yes. Yeah, so this I'm actually genuinely people are pretty excited. stoked about. Um, also, the crowd that we saw this with went kind of crazy for this because you know there were a few moments and I looked over at Scott and I was like, holy shit! Like, were they were basically describing how you know no two experiences are ever the same, how everything's procedurally generated, um, how you know it's a very small team working on this and we basically created a universe. We don't know how big the universe is or where it goes or what's well, out it's there. Ever, it's ever expanding. Right? It is. Every and, new character gets their own world. Right, and then I don't you can jump into you your go friends' from Joe world. Danger to this. Isn't that bizarre? It's super like, weird, right? It's yeah, it's almost like they had a visitor from the future that's like, I'm going to give you this piece of code. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you do with it is up to you. And they're like, okay. But um yeah, No Man's Sky just looks ridiculous. And like if you can actually get on with your friends and go on these grand adventures and explore planets. I don't know if you guys noticed, but at the very beginning, they were in a cave. And in the cave were a bunch of like blocks and they had like an element name. So it looks like there is some sort of like crafting component oh, to this good. as well or gathering component. So I'm assuming you're going to be able to build or create something as well. So th- there is going to be a reason for your exploration. Good. You're not just going to be like, oh, here's another planet and another planet. So you're actually going to be out looking for stuff, which I, I think is brilliant. My fear was that it was going to wind up on Steam and it was going to get that tag that people like to use on Steam called Walking Simulator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yeah. 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 Like if you look at like Gone Home, it's like walking simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. So I hope that doesn't turn to me describes that perfectly. Right. But I hope I'm saying like, I hope this game doesn't get that tag. Like you said, I hope if there's crafting, I saw like you were shooting at spaceships. Um, You know, I just hope that there's something there, like something more than just the exploration part, like something, something more that draws you in, whether it's a social aspect or crafting a bigger ship or, or, um, really like maybe somehow connecting a narrative to the, the, the exploration aspect, you know? Yeah. Like, why are we here? Why is this important that we need to discover these things? No, I, I think yeah. it looks, I think it looks great. And I think it looks very promising. And again, you know, if, um, if the drop in drop out is, is relatively seamless, I think it could be very fun to, you know, explore a galaxy with your friends and meet up with them and hop out and fight dinosaurs and shit. Like, I really like great. the transition when you could leave one planet, fly into space and then just go directly into another planet, sort of all right. Seamlessly like that kind of stuff looks great. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Cool. Um, do you want to talk about project Morpheus? I, I didn't really mention all too much, but I, I know you're like, know. we're doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen this demo so many times now. Like I, I had like in, you know, through some weird occurrence, I was able to see this, this thing up close and personal. And, um, you know, just a couple of things to be aware of is that like with VR, it's going to be very difficult to create games in which you as an avatar move through an environment, like from a walking perspective, you know, yeah. just because of the weird, like out of body experience of it. Like what seems more realistic is like, you will be doing things that as a physical human being, you would be stationary. So like flying an airplane or a spaceship or driving a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to temper expectations, I think that when you see something come out, that'll be the first thing. The other point that I would make about this thing is that like Sony fans were energized when they were told that the camera that came with the system was optional. <laughs> yeah. And now you're going to tell people to buy a headset yeah. and potentially two motion controllers and the camera and then expect developers to support the game when there's probably not a lot of games that support that camera that exists already. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. See the, what I mean? the, they definitely took the chance to take a dig at Microsoft. Uh, right. They did. For so sure. it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too because at some point yeah. people are going to need to buy this extra hardware and the developers will need to invest into it by making games. And so like yeah. even today, there are not a lot of games that use the Kinect. And there are pro- I don't know how many games there are that use the, the PlayStation camera, but probably not very there's many, like, right? No, there's like none. Yeah, and they're like, hey, we've got more content for Playroom. And it was like... It's weird, well, though. It's it's totally weird because with VR, and I am a perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I connect, I don't, I hate it. Connect, uh-huh. I don't, motion controls, I hate them. I just don't get it. I don't want anything to do with them. VR, I'm sold. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, and I think a lot of gamers are that way. Because it's, it's the sense that you can still do VR with a controller. Yeah, Like, any true. VR right. demo I've ever done, it's... I can move my head to look around in the world mm-hmm. and I move using the controller. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but then it goes back to that argument of like, you know, first person shooter, like you can move your thumbstick faster than you can turn your head to shoot at something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But need again, to find a way to decouple. Talking, well, yeah. If, if we're not talking about Twitch gameplay, then yeah. it's a whole, it's, it's told the whole different game. I'm talking about like in a, if I was going to play like, uh, no man's like sky. A, yeah, like No Man's Sky is a good yeah. example. Or a game like Skyrim, right? Like, there's no Twitch gameplay in Skyrim, but Skyrim is first person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's so, I mean, there's definitely potential there, for sure. Yeah. But again, like, this, this the camera costs $60. This kit will not cost $60. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's no, all it'll I'm be saying. expensive. Yeah, it'll be expensive. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to make a point. Um, Mortal Kombat X, yeah. which they actually want to call it, not 10. Looks like Mortal Kombat. It yeah, does. Whatever. It's more uh, <laughs> looks violent. Looks kind of fun. Um, looks like a great party game. I'm never good enough at fighting games to like stick with them for more than a week and a half. So uh, yeah. I'll probably play it, and uh, that'll be it. So, but it looks great. Uh, you know, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, let's talk about Sony's amazing catalog of movies and music services <laughs> and television. And television. Oh uh, yeah. no! Okay. They actually talked about TV. Sony which is, is a worldwide global entertainment company. You guys, they are, and they just. Yeah, and they make TVs and TV boxes and boxes for your TVs and like <laughs> mini discs and proprietary yep. flash memory, so Betamax, whatever you want. They so do it. They um, do it. One thing they did announce though in all seriousness was that they are going to have original programming, which I told Scott I'm not too keen on this idea and having to own a piece of a Sony hardware in order to uh, watch one of their shows. Even though I do own it, I'm still kind of like Eh, I, like I don't like that you have to have like a you know a Sony uh, you know PS3 or PS4 to watch this newly announced Power series, mm-hmm. but um, uh, they're coming out with Powers from Brian Michael Bendis, which is a, a you know a great comic that used to be on Image, and uh, it's about a, a superhero who loses his powers and becomes a detective, and he investigates superhero crimes in a really gritty ser- uh, city, and the the it's very it's like the it's honestly and this is going to maybe piss some people off but it is kind of the game of thrones of superhero stories <laughs> like it, the the and this isn't a spoiler it's been out for like over 10 years but the first story in powers is called who killed retro girl and retro girl is like basically like the wonder woman of the powers universe mm. and she gets horribly murdered and he goes into investigate her death and and it leads into this big kind of underworld syndicate type of situation so it's a really great story interesting to see how it plays out and yeah i think it actually is going to help them sell systems there's a lot of people who are big fans of this so you have to it's. I think they said that you will be able to watch the first episode for free, but then you will also have to have 
right? PlayStation Plus? Am I yes, right I think. It is yeah. PlayStation Plus, yeah. Yeah, so not only do you need to own the hardware, you also need to have the subscription. Subscription, to watch it. yeah, which is such a weird decision, but I, I see what they're getting for, you know, what yeah, they're going for, rather. Both sides, so. I mean, both sides take a really bizarre approach. Like, for, for example, my understanding is that in order to use Xbox Music on the Xbox One, you also need to have a subscription to Xbox Live, right? Yeah, mm. Xbox has been notorious for that. I mean, up until even like a month ago, you had yeah. to have Xbox Live to watch Netflix, mm-hmm. right? which you already pay for. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but like there's some dangerous territory here now because it's like now we're going to put our television content behind our game paywall unless they're trying to build up. You know, Sony has their own mu- music service. It's called like Sony Music Unlimited yeah. or something like that. Which mm-hmm. you, I believe you get access to if you have PlayStation Plus. Uh, I don't know because they give out codes for like a 30 day trial. So I don't know if it's yeah, separate I don't know or either. together. I mean, there's just, it's like, it's so weird when you start to get into this media stuff. Like it's super yeah, weird. It's and tricky. speaking of which there, you know, ratchet and clank movie is coming out as yeah. well. CG, yeah, like, CG film. Yeah. I was like, wow. That came yeah. out of okay, great. I mean, is there <laughs> a lot of traction for that? Like why not a banjo Kazooie movie I, or like I, a conquers bad fur day? I don't, I think it's just that ratchet and clank is, I mean, ratchet and clank is really popular. Mm-hmm. And it is a Sony first-party title, and they own a movie studio. So guess what? <laughs> like, oh, <yeah. laughs> Connect the dots. Right, exactly. I just I think that's what happened. This whole part of the conference, I thought was, hey, I was super confused during the Powers presentation because I thought he was talking about a game for like yeah. a while. And I was like, no, he's talking about a TV show that's yeah. not on TV. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this is weird. It was confusing. And I it mean, felt a little bit out of place, too. In full disclosure, like I would say that I am biased towards Microsoft, but we were when we were in the theater and they got to this part of the presentation, like just like it was on TV, like complete silence. Yeah, yeah, people just checked out. Yeah, it wasn't like, but they there was no reaction. They didn't boo. They didn't cheer. They said nothing. Yeah, you know, because I I just weird. That's the worst reaction. You know, (laughs) it's because yeah, I just think that they don't have nobody has any strong feelings about it. Uh It's just like I mean that's how I am. It was like honestly, I thought Sony was like hitting on all marks because like again. I thought what Sony had in their presentation up until this point, I thought was better than what Microsoft had, just because Microsoft was talking about the same old shit that we've heard like a thousand times. They were like, oh, we've got Call of Duty and blah, blah, blah. And Sony was like, look at They were like, we got the order. Nobody's ever seen that before. Yeah, yeah. We've got Entwined. We've got Bloodborne. This is new stuff that it doesn't exist other places. Mm. But it's like, and then they were like, go ahead. Yeah. And then they were just like, and TV and movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, it's like, do you set a dangerous precedent with what they did last year? Now when they come back? Because, like, it's not like Sony doesn't want you to download movies and music from their service. They definitely want you to do that. But the approach they took last year now kind of, like, sets them up again this year where they put themselves now in the position that Microsoft started out in last year. And they flip-flop this year. Yeah. I think they both have the same attitude. I think Microsoft and Sony both have the same attitude. Is when they're in the lead... They want to try and they want to try and co-op your entire living room. Yeah, they want to sell you more, upsell you. Exactly. So when you're behind, you play to the base. When you're ahead, you play to the broad. That's mm-hmm. how it always works. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Sony's doing. They're like, we're trying, right. we're trying to get app. We got gamers already. We we need to get everybody else. Mm-hmm. And yep. it doesn't work at E3. They need to do that at CES. Yeah, yeah that's very true. That's a good point. It's a really good point. 
Um, next thing they jump to, not to speed you guys along, but yeah, no, we, yeah, we need to finish it up. Uh, we had, <laughs> it's like that four hour podcast. Yeah. Uh, they, they briefly showed last of us up um, looks and they're like, Oh, looks, by the way, we're spoiling everything. Yeah. They spoiled, they spoiled. Like, At least they told you before though. That's they're true. like, uh, spoilers. They did have <laughs> a captive screen. audience in a movie theater. What are you going to do? They were like groaning and screaming. Like, yeah. no, it was hilarious. They like, saved me 60 bucks, man. Yeah. It's close your eyes. It'll yeah. be over soon. Um, then they jumped to the phantom train, uh, phantom pain trailer by kojima he he i guess edited it himself and uh, cut it <laughs> yeah. together and it was like i so uh, if i mean it really explains a lot because it was confusing as fuck it was just like people <laughs> punching each other and like yeah. running if around you, with no arms i'm like oh, yeah. what is if you on? don't play metal gear and you haven't played metal gear from like the very beginning nothing in that trailer makes any sense you're just well, like this is insanity. Oh yeah, even well, I've played all the Metal Gears and I still have no fucking clue what that was what was going on in that. Oh, um, I I was it looked gorgeous, thing. and Solid yeah. Snake looks or whoever Big Boss, whoever the hell that was supposed to be, um, yeah. looks great. So you know, I'm I'm sold. I'll probably pick up Phantom Pain, but I don't really get what the hell it's about. I seriously, I feel like we're gonna be playing a movie again, similar to oh, what probably. We were doing in Metal Gear. And Metal Gear Solid 4 was like, I'm going to play for five minutes. I'm going to watch it for two hours. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. Um, Uprezzed GTA 5, uh, for me, I really liked I liked the fact that you're going to be able to bring over your multiplayer character to the, the next-gen version. Um, you know, small, I, but they announced this game as if it were a platform exclusive yeah. without saying it because you know, that was not correct. Uh-huh. But they basically introduced the game as if it was only coming to PlayStation 4. Like that was the – they kind of like – alluded they wanted you to read between the lines and assume that to be true which i thought uh-huh. was a little tricky uh-huh yeah when really they just had the exclusivity on the announcement i did think it was pretty that when they announced the whole like you when they when he said 360 when he was like you can bring your 360 guy over here i was like holy shit this dude at the sony conference literally just said microsoft 360 which is yeah. like unheard of that mm-hmm. they even mentioned the other system by name yeah and he was literally saying like no, just buy our shit now. They're like, you don't need Xbox anymore. If you're yeah. holding on to your Xbox because of Grand Theft Auto, you don't have to. Oh, right? uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's essentially, the, it's just like, it's not like you're taking your save file from your, th- it's like, it's cloud data. And the cloud data that yeah. you're, it's probably tied to your online account at whatever, yeah. gta.com. Mm-hmm. And it's the same same data that and, it would be on yeah. the PlayStation. And you the, know? The, yeah, the other thing they didn't really mention is, is my guess is that it goes both ways. Oh, yeah, I'm like, sure it does. Absolutely, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. So like, of course they aren't going to tell you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um yeah, that that actually had a really good multiplayer experience, so I'm glad they're doing that. The thing that I do have to point out very quickly cuz I know we're kind of super over on time. Um I remember when I bought GTA 5 on the 360, I was going to wait for the next gen and you know, Rockstar blatantly blatantly in their press releases and all over the place said we're not making a next gen version we're not making a next gen version and i was like sitting there kind of like smirking i'm like bullshit and lo yeah. and behold here we go next yeah, gen money version. talks buddy money yep, talks. absolutely so i knew it was coming um probably i i'm gonna just i'm just gonna say it the most gorgeous looking game i think at the show so far was batman arkham knight i, I mean i you guys are welcome to disagree with me but i i thought seeing this in motion kind of blew my mind so, I think that's um, a smart approach to showing off a game is just having Batman fly around through the city. You don't need to say anything. Just have him move. Yeah. Yeah. Have him call that you know the vehicle and then have it turn into a tank. Like that's all you need to do. Yeah. And just Some- show it. Yeah. Just show it being seamless. Like here he is on top of a building. Here's the entire freaking city. Here he is wreaking havoc, and now he's in the sewer. You're just yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Someone yeah. behind us was like. Sony won. <laughs> <laughs> it 
<laughs> oh god uh, kill me now please there's an arena out back and there's a guy yeah. named microsoft and another guy called sony just beating each other, beating each other right. yeah. um but yeah so a, a batman arkham knight and we don't really have to say too much about it other than it looks gorgeous um looks like scarecrow has kind of uh you know taken over parts exclusive. of the city scarecrow the, the scarecrow stuff is exclusive to the playstation yeah yeah so there's scarecrow missions that are exclusive to playstation what that means i don't know if, if you remember arkham asylum there were specific scarecrow nightmare missions which were kind of like flashbacks to bruce wayne's past that were kind of like mini batman puzzles mm-hmm. i know they were very vague about what exactly you were no they getting. said they said it was nightmare missions oh, okay so maybe it's going to be the same sort of so thing you just, either way you wait six months for the game of the year version to come out and you just get all the content on one disc for yeah. 60 bucks. Scott plays to win. He knows, he knows how to get it. <laughs> yeah. He plays the long con. Yeah. <laughs> long con. And, uh, Sony closed out with uncharted four. We got to see a, a new and improved version of Nathan Drake and all the, the three ladies in the audience swooned. <laughs> this will probably um, make me get a PlayStation four. I really like these games. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm very guilty of having only played like three hours of Uncharted Two. Some people hate them. I mean, some people really hate these games. But I'm you know I'm a fan of adventure games, and this really this really does a trick. As far as like, you know, in some ways it feels like you're playing a a movie, and like Uncharted Three especially is that way. Yeah, and I mean like there is a shooting mechanic which has improved over time as the series has matured, but it's not like mind blowing. Like it doesn't exceed in being a shooter or being a stealth game, which they added you know, throughout the, the evolution of the series, but it somehow it ends up just being a really interesting game. Like, yeah. From, you know, from a story and a cinematic perspective, totally. it's beautiful even on PS3. Yeah. I'm fine with playing a movie if the movie is good. Yeah, there you <laughs> exactly. Go. That's very good. important, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's jump on over to um, this morning's, I guess it wasn't really a press conference. It was a pre-recorded little special. They kind yeah. of broadcast all over the place uh, and Nintendo. And I'm just going to say it. I was really actually pretty happy with what they showed. I thought I was going <laughs> to fucking hate it. I was like, oh, God, what can they possibly show me? And there was some cool shit in here. So what did you guys think? Somebody made the comment that, like, you know, like when your back is up against the wall, you maybe you find the determination to do something about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, while they did not <laughs> announce any new hardware, which was rumored, Except um, for the Amiibos, which I consider hardware. Oh, God. Don't get me started. Like, <laughs> like, it's just like part of this, like, Skylanders, Disney Infinity, and now Nintendo right. has Amiibos, which is like... The the real thing that worries me is that to what extent is Smash Bros. going to be crippled by people that don't want to purchase these Amiibos? Yeah, and from what I understand, it's not much. Because, like, later in the day, they talked about it a little bit, like Amiibos, and it seems like it's a bonus kind of thing. So it's like, again, if you listen to our podcast, you'll know that, like... Anna is a smash truest. So it's the kind of thing that I like, tweeted her well, instantly. I was like, I'm yeah. going to play as you in this game because you're right. my smash bro. You know? <laughs> right. It's the kind of thing that will piss off true, like competitive smash players, because what it is essentially is, is like you can play as Mario in the game, but if you spend extra money and get an amiibo, you can like level up your Mario and enhance his abilities. And all of a sudden now you've got a stronger version of Mario. Mm hmm. Uh, and that's how it's going to work. Sketchy. It's like when it uh, it's, it's weird. like when Lucas shows up at the diner and he puts on his power glove. You know, right? <laughs> He's got an unfair like, what advantage. Is, what is this witchery you have here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've never been a, a smasher. 
Um, although I do listen to Nate's podcast and I love hearing Anna get all all yeah. hot and bothered about yeah, the yeah. about no the, items the, stock lines. no items the yeah. Smasher community. Um, yeah. <laughs> she gets uh, so pissy. I love it. it. It's hilarious. So uh, I'm interested. I can't wait to hear what she has to say about it. Um, but uh, let's jump on over to uh, amiibos, which sounds like something you should not get in your ears if you go swimming. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's the same concept as Disney Infinity. Right now they just say. That it's going to work with Smash Bros. with support for other games down the line. They teased Mario Kart 8 as right. being um, Amiibo compatible. And what I thought was sort of interesting was that the technology for uh, Amiibo reading was already built into the Wii U gamepad. So yeah. they it must have had the some NFC kind of like reader. yeah NFC built into it, which is which is fascinating that that was already there. So yeah. um, they announced a couple of whimsical yarn-based puzzle platformer games, I guess. My wife watches one with me. She goes, what's with all the fucking yarn? <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got one yarn based game. And then they have another one that looks like it's like clay based or whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like Kirby and Yoshi. In my mind, I kind of group all these games together. But they announced Yoshi's uh, Wooly World, Captain Toad's Treasure Hunt or something to that effect. And then Kirby's Rainbow Curse, which are all, you know, different takes on the platforming genre. But I think it's cool just from like a Nintendo perspective that there's a game that's going to feature toad of all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, man. the, you know, the <laughs> classic support character from all the Mario games is yeah. just yeah. ridiculous, but with a massive fan base. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm more so... of a fan of chodes. Than oh toad. no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so over it, man. I don't know. Like uh, I, people are freaking out about this Yoshi game. I'm like, dude, it's Kirby's Epic Yarn with Yoshi in it. Like, it's so stupid. Yeah, but people <laughs> like same... Kirby's Epic Yarn. Apparently that was really well received. I Totally. But the thing is, here's my problem with Nintendo all of the time. Mm-hmm. Every single time with Nintendo. And this is exactly, this press conference was like the epitome of exactly why Nintendo drives me crazy. Is because what do they do? They get pushed up against the wall. Their shit's not selling. So what do they do? They're like, fuck it. We're going to put out 37 Mario games, and here's a here's a teaser for a new Zelda. Buy our system. And it <laughs> works. It works every time. Yeah. Sure. I mean, the problem is that they are also, you know, in addition to making hardware, they are a game developer. So, like, you know, you want something different, but how do they... It would be like asking Platinum Games to be like, now we want you to make, you know, a puzzle platform. And they're like, well, we make these, like, Japanese cover-based, like, shooting games. And it's like... Is the same thing with Nintendo is like, how do you ask Nintendo to go outside of their comfort zone when like, this is kind of what they do and it's a little weird, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but um, I, the answer is third party. My problem with Nintendo has always been that they don't like, they're so incestual. Like, yeah, it's a very insular, just, insulated marketplace at this point. Yes, they just use their own shit over and over and over again. And then they expect third parties to develop stuff for them. And what they're seeing now in this generation is third parties are like, no. Ubisoft mm-hmm. said it in a press release. They're like, we've got Wii games that are done that we're not even going to put out. We're just waiting. Yeah. We're waiting for Nintendo to release the game that sells this system, and then we're going to put our games out. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that kills all of us. Like, it's so stupid <laughs> that we have to, like, wait for actual good stuff for the Wii U because Nintendo just wants to sit on their hands. Yeah, it's like your like, people's, like, gamers' hearts are being broken because now it's like, hey, we got Smash Bros., which everyone loves. There's Mario Kart 8, which people flip out about. They announced um, a Legend of Zelda Wii U, which is a surprise to nobody, but the surprising part was had this amazing Vista environment, and it was supposed to be kind of more open world-ish, mm-hmm. you know, in the style of a Nintendo game, not exactly like Skyrim, but 
it still looks like a Nintendo game to that yeah. you know, to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say like for one hot second they showed the character riding a Pona like and the character was covered with you know a cape and a hood. Yeah, and I thought like for one hot second that cape was going to come off and it was going to be Zelda under that hood and they were going to be I'm like. Still- which would have been awesome. They were, you know, like, how cool would it be if they're like, we're making a Legend of Zelda game where you fucking play as Zelda for the whole game. You and know? you got to save Link. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, and I am I might just be out of my rocker, but I'm not convinced that it's not. Because, oh, really? like, the thing is, is they pulled the cape off and they saw it. And the thing is, is Link has always kind of looked a little bit androgynous. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's always been kind of hard to tell. So you can't really, by seeing what they had, tell who it is but here's the thing is for one he was fighting primarily with a bone arrow not with a sword yeah and he was so wearing true. blue and he was wearing blue so historically in zelda games princess zelda wears blue and her weapon is a bow and arrow it's Ooh, not a sword interesting mm-hmm. okay we so pay you the big bucks nate right so that's what i'm <laughs> saying is this the 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 two seconds that we had of the main character in this game is more closely related to how zelda is portrayed in the games than how mm-hmm. link is yeah, like it didn't mm-hmm. look exactly like Link, and it didn't look exactly like Zelda, but um, yeah, it didn't. It, he definitely didn't have the traditional like green, you know, hat and an outfit and, on. So and no sword, no shield. Like yeah. these are the things that we associate with Link: green sword, shield. That's yeah. him. Yeah, interesting. So, well, are you guys excited about this? I mean, not, of I course. not I mean, being I a huge Zelda fan, I was like, wow, this actually looks super fucking cool. So I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. Open world scares me because. Again, if we go too far towards Skyrim, I lose, I lose like excitement. Because well, it's I, hard to maintain focus in a game like that. And, and I don't right. know if you've listened to the past couple of shows, but I've been playing Watch Dogs, and it's very, very hard to tell a good story in an open world like that because there's too many distractions, you know. And so. I don't think Nintendo. I don't think Nintendo will go that way. Mm-hmm. I think what I got from what they were saying was is that they are going to go back to more like the first Zelda was for NES and Super. Uh, like link to the past was where mm-hmm. it's like link to the past had eight dungeons you didn't have to beat them one two three four five six seven eight you could yeah. skip around a little bit mm-hmm. uh, oh but, did you play that new one yet uh-uh. oh man you got to play that new one it's yeah. like a love letter to the original link to the past. i have it i have it uh, i just haven't played it so good it's a total love letter it's like a tribute album it's great here here i was thinking we'd never talk about it again yeah. Oh, sorry. I talked about it a lot. I forgot it was like three episodes, four or five, something like that. Anyways, Whatever, did man. they announce a Pokemon game too? I couldn't tell what this was. It's uh, it's uh, Ruby and Sapphire. It's but it's like a re-release of. Oh. It's called like Omega Ruby and something Sapphire. It's just, uh, it's just upscaled. Sure. My only experience versions. with Pokemon is like Pokemon Snap for the Nintendo sixty-four. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's Ruby and Sapphire again. With, like, their new, like, they have these, like, super awesome mega hyper evolutions and, like, mm. whatever. It's, mm. like, it's another, again, it's another Nintendo, uh, we're struggling for sales. Let's fucking put out two Pokemon games, even though we just put out another Pokemon game. Let's just rehash this old Pokemon game and we'll sell a bazillion fucking copies of it. Mm. Well, how about Bayonetta 2? Loved Bayonetta, <laughs> I always man. get that song Loved it. Loved it. I still am, like, kind of um, blown away that it's on the Wii U. Uh, however, if I ever do pick up a Wii U, which is something I never thought I'd even say after today, but mm-hmm. if I ever do pick up a Wii U, I will pick up Bayonetta 2 because I thought the first one was a ton of fun. That's a really I thought fun it was game. cool that they announced that they're going to include the first one yeah. as part of the second one. With skins. Yeah, of course, because it's Nintendo. We can't put out a game that doesn't have fucking Mario and Princess in it. Can <laughs> I see a Metroid skin in there, like a Samus? There was. Yes. Yeah. That, which yes. Makes me want to. 
the only myself. mention of the only game that I've ever really cared about from Nintendo is Metroid. Yeah. And they don't talk about Metroid at all. Oh, like, it is just nothing but fucking toads round yeah. down your throat. God. Imagine yeah. imagine getting, like, um, a true, true next-gen Metroid game. Oh, how man. phenomenal that would be. I, I swear to God, it's like people forgot how awesome Metroid Prime was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would expect it to look like Dead Space, like, uh, if it were on the 360. You know, like, something uh, yeah. to that effect. Yeah. And that's what drives again. That's what drives me crazy about Nintendo is that like they've proven time and time again that they can do shit like Metroid Prime, where they're like, "We're going to take what has historically been a, I mean, an entire genre has is defined around the way Metroid works, in that it's 2D and it's backtracking and it's. I mean, we have Metroid. Metroidvania is yeah. a style of game. It's one half of a genre at this point, right? Exactly. And yeah. if you say it's a Metroid style game, people know exactly what you're talking about. And they're like, we're going to take that and we're going to put it into the third first person perspective. We're going to make it 3D. And nobody thought we could do it. And they put it out. And honestly, when that game came out, I was like, this is the best FPS game I've ever played. Wow. Like, I I could not believe how well they did. And then they're That's just like, awesome. cool, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yep. And they've made some poor decisions. Um, um, Nate, let me ask you, is your is your heart broken to see Link in a Dynasty Warriors game? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, it I'm, is. I'm really upset about this because me I, too, I feel like I'll have to buy it and I'm not going to like it. No, I, I, like it. I refuse. I refuse, like man. It. I was just like, I want to get hyped. I'm like, oh, this, because it's like, yes, look, it's Link. And they're like, it's fucking, it's Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> Like how many, it is. I can't, I can't, I just can't play this game anymore. I played enough of it when I was like a kid, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I, no. I, and I hated it then. And like, I can't, it doesn't look like it's changed at all. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Yeah, that I had one bad. of them for the PSP and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I feel like I'm doing thumb push ups. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is exhausting. Uh, any yeah. thoughts on Xenobraid Chronicles? Dude, that's, that's you, this right? This is Nate's jam, right? Yeah. Yes. Again, it, uh, it's so funny that like, as much as Nintendo, as much as I like wanted to dislike exactly what they talked about because it's so much crap that I was like, ugh. But like, I was kind of excited for Zelda, and then they were the only company that talked about a JRPG at all, That's and it true. was Xenoblade Chronicles. And then later in the day, they did like a half-hour play session. That game looks brilliant. Does it, it really? Is it like, this game, or is it a, re- is it a remastered game? It's a new game, and you can play it. It's 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 a spiritual successor to the original Xenoblade Chronicles. It's not actually linked in any way. Okay, good. Um, but it's again one of my favorite JRPG series of all time is Xenogears, which also has. Uh, it's actually it's Xenosaga is what it was on PS2. Xenogears was the PS1 yeah. game, but it's all made by the same guy. Mm-hmm. And Xenoblade is again the same guy. They're not linked in any way but they kind of feel the same and they have the same overtones in the way they tell the stories and stuff like that and it just looks it looks awesome and it's a jrpg and it feels like one so i was excited about that one cool awesome um, i don't think we need to say much about mario maker because you just make your you make your own mario levels and yeah. that'll be yeah. awesome for some people it's so, n- <laughs> nintendo needed a little big planet competitor and boom yeah. what did they do there they just go. made it and said mario it's a mario maker. game you know, uh-huh. you know what i thought of when i saw that and they were showing mario maker and they kind of put this little like easter egg in where like while you were designing the level a fly mm. came by and you like swatted the fly mm. on yeah. the screen did you happen to catch that yeah in the video i was like where where is mario paint for the wii u oh like, yeah people like you can go onto the internet and there is a whole subculture built up around making music, popular music, modern music inside of the original Mario music maker. Like yeah. just think, think of any song that you can think of in Google, you know, 
Lady Gaga Mario Paint, and there will be a Mario Paint version of a Lady Gaga song. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that. There's and, a lot of that in there. And Nintendo, yeah. it's it's again like Nintendo. Just, this is how they are. Like oh, it's like, hey, what do you like the most, Chibi Robo? We're not making that. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's because <laughs> they, for some reason, internally will will mark something down as a failure, and as no matter how strong the community is in support of it, they're just like no. Like they did it with Mother, they did it with Mario Paint, they've done it with Chibi Robo, and they do it with Metroid. Even though they've made Metroid games, like the demand for Metroid is there mm-hmm. every single year, and they never talk about it. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna get, you're gonna give you a Star Fox instead. How's that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're gonna give me a weird episodic Star Fox. Exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Slippy. Um, so they ended the show on a game called Splatoon, which is about shooting your ink all over your, your foes. Um, I think this game is cleverly good. And I think I, that because of the way it looks, people are going to discount it. Yeah, no, I think the mechanics, um, are really unique looking. I'll give it mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's not a game. Somebody said it on, on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. So if you're listening, um, I want to give you credit, but I don't remember who you are. But they said, you know, this seems like a great game to kind of teach kids strategy and to kind of, um, you know, for kids to play with their friends online. So it seems like it is geared for a younger audience. And uh, it's kind of like a almost an intro to to shooters for, for young people, which I don't think yeah. is a bad thing. It's kind of unfortunate because I think that introducing the movement mechanic in addition to like the – um, area control mechanic I thought was really interesting like that seems unique as far as those kinds of games go to show that like as you are doing better in the game you can use your ability to move through the environment faster and like reach areas that you couldn't reach before without it you know yeah yeah and you yeah. can also use it defensively right as if somebody's traveling down a stream of ink that's all one color you can just drop a blob of it and all of a sudden their movement is stopped and slowed right so it's like super clever I think that there's like something special there, but then they're like, Oh, but it's a game for kids. And you're like, no, but I, I kind of want to play it too. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it looks promising. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be a system seller. I can't see kids, um, running. I mean, I can, please, I really want to play Splatoon. (laughs) Splatoon. (laughs) Please, please let (laughs) me play Splatoon. But, um, that name might have to change by the time it's released. But I could see, I could see it filling a niche on, wii u with people who want to play competitive multiplayer games yes because like they don't exist on the wii that's true that's sure. true well All we've right. talked about literally uh, i think about a hundred thousand games um this is like our <laughs> longest show ever it's almost two and a half hours yeah it is so now nate has to go ahead and do this all over again on yeah. his own yeah. show yeah. so um we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up thank you guys so much for listening to our special episode uh, rated na we need to talk and um We'll be back in uh, just a day or two with our regular number episode. But um, you can find us on Twitter, and that's at NerdAppropriate. You can email us directly, and that is Scott, Ash, Matt, and Hillary with one L at NerdAppropriate.com. And Nate, where can people find you on the Twitters? And you can find me at nhales80 on the Twitters. And I'm just going to put it out there for you. any of you who are considering following me on Twitter, if you don't want to hear about League of Legends, I'm not your guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Nate, for coming by. And you everyone bet. should listen to his show, Reset Transmission. Definitely. Subscribe, all that fun stuff. More EP and, news coming at you. Yeah. And yeah. we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. See ya.
Scott, you want to start us off? I think so. Should I start recording? Should I record it all? I think so. Do it.